the square table technically episode three but i can't find like an hour so this has kind of now become episode two <laughs> so that's what uh, happened <laughs> yeah we, we record these six months at a time i guess uh yeah we recorded for like three hours you had to tell me that i didn't even know that um yeah i, I can't find the last hour so we'll just say that the guys won that argument whatever it was i don't even remember but we're back a little different this time though because instead of just having females uh we're having couples and females um Valentine's Day, I figured it'd be kind of fun to talk about stories and things like that. Um, it's funny, I was listening to y'all all talk, and we'll get all the names of people who want to give their names, of course. Some don't. Um, but uh, I was hearing y'all talk about it, and somebody said something about, well, you can talk about past relationships. And, and I'm going to go ahead and ask this right now, because I, I, I find this kind of stuff interesting. Do y'all have a hard time talking about past relationships when you're with your current, like telling stories of your past? Or or do, do you feel that they have an issue, or do you have an issue when they tell stories of their past? No problem at all. Yep. Have y'all ever had a relationship that people that it bothered them? I've dated somebody who was really insecure, and they didn't like to hear about anything that happened before them. Yeah, like memories don't exist. It's like the twelve-year-old mm-hmm. thing. Like you know, yeah. if, it, if I don't know about it, it, never happened. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, because I was I was wondering because I have a friend of mine. He's literally they're one of their main reasons. They've been together seven years. One of the main reasons they're breaking up is she can't handle. If he just says, "Oh, well, I went and saw a movie back in 2012 with my wife at the time," why you always got to bring her up? Because she was there at the movies, and it was a funny story about her. Um, and things like uh, he heard her telling her sister, I guess, that, like, oh, uh, yeah, I consider him a virgin before we met, even though he has three kids. What? Yeah, I mean, that's how much she just doesn't want anything to do with any past. And so I just wondered if any of y'all ever had that kind of thing. Because to me, that's weird. That's not normal. No. Now, sharing some things, I am definitely cognizant of who I'm with now. I don't want to make them uncomfortable. Like, you know, certain... Things. Sex. Well, yeah, Sex definitely. Stories. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know that stuff. But I mean, things that happen. They, of course, you know, he's forty-five, so he has a whole bunch of time without me before we met. Yeah, and that's fine. And the same thing for me. So being able to share these, I think it's a great communication opener. It's uncomfortable. It's not fun to talk about someone you're with before the person that you love now. But. You could also learn from that as a couple, I believe. You're like, oh, hey, you know, I had this experience. I didn't like this. This is what went wrong. and Or this is what went right. And then you guys can go from there. Or it's just a story. You know, it's, it doesn't go any more than that. It's very surface level. I, I find that, I mean, um, to me, being able to tell stories of your past, isn't that how you're supposed to know somebody of your current? I would think so. I mean, you know. I'm I'm dating somebody that's not from my hometown that's has did not know me until 2021. So I'm trying to get her to understand who I was in 2019, 2017, 2020, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just find it weird when people can't talk like that. I don't know how you can be a couple if you can't openly talk about your past, good and bad. Well, especially with the bad, because then a lot of it too. If you if you think about some things that you did wrong, or maybe you don't even know you did anything wrong, you're very much the other person was completely at fault. But then as you tell the story. And then you're talking to it with your partner that has also opened up some like, oh, you know what? I can see now where I kind of took this a little bit to the left. It kind of needed to stay center. Yeah. And it could have been avoided. But, you know, let, you know what? I learned from that now. Let's, you know, make sure with this person now that I won't do that same thing. Do you trust people that whenever they tell a story of their past, they're never at fault? Uh, no. Like, if you ever, if y'all notice that, like, if you're on dating apps or something, you start to meet somebody, every relationship that hasn't gone right, it's been the other person's fault. That always scares me. It's like a red flag. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't want the other side where, you know, she's like, I'm a seven-time felon, and, you know, I'm on math. But I, I, I believe that, I believe good people are in bad relationships. Yeah. And they, you know, I was not a good second husband. You know, I, you, I admit that. But if you can't admit that to me, that's just a red flag that you're never going to yeah, accept. Self-aware. Yeah, yeah, self-aware. There you go. Yeah. That's a good word to put it. Yeah, and I will say, I, in this past year, I've done a lot of opening up, seeing myself, and forgiving me to get over my past. So there's a lot of ill harbor. It's always, oh, this person did this and this person did this, and I'll say it that way. But I also realize, wow, when I take myself out of that situation, I'm actually a really good person. But I've been in some really bad relationships where I'm like this evil, see you next Tuesday. And it's, I'm at fault for things, even though they were doing the things that they could have avoided to make me be this way. But now I know that's my toxic trait. And that's what I'm working on. Try to catch myself, you know, when it happens. So I'm, because I want to have a healthy relationship now. Like, I'm really tired of of choosing the wrong person because of my insecurities and because I just wouldn't hold off long enough to believe in me to find that person that matches me as opposed to me kind of feeling that desperate need of hating to be alone and I'll take whatever because that's what I was told, you know. You know, if you have a guy like you, take it because you never know that type of mentality back in the day. So it's a lot of growing. And I've seen a lot of it in the past few years, especially after COVID, when everyone was stuck in the room for months with each other. (laughs) All these conversations now are like blossoming from COVID. Well, you either you either had people that came out like. I now know what I want, or they're just raging whores. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't had sex in a year. Boom, let's just bang. And, you know, people that don't know, you and I met on a dating app. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and we, we were laughing about that. Like, <laughs> I, I, every app, every female that said, I don't want to be the one night stand, those are usually the first ones that would be <laughs> like, night, hey, what are you doing stands. tonight? Yeah, what are you doing tonight? You want to come over? I thought you did. Well, this one time I'll make the exception. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what about the other 12 guys that you made the exception I've for? I've got needs, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you sit, that's when you sit them to adamandeve.com they'll do it better anyway there you go <laughs> go get the big black bull and have fun man <laughs> is that a rabbit in your bag or are you just happy to see me here <laughs> well with you it could have actually been a real rabbit <laughs> i found him out back when i was high and figured he could come inside hey look i need, <laughs> I need a fluffy he's so cute <laughs> And in reality, he's terrified, like, I'm going to die. It's my captor. So has anybody at Valentine's did the big thing, like propose or get married? or Because my second wife, I proposed on Valentine's. And so it's a little weird now being engaged again and on coming up on Valentine's. I always kind of, she's kind of like, eek. I've never, that's one thing I've actually never told her. It was like, mm-hmm. yeah, on Valentine's I propose. Mm-hmm. Because her birthday is literally on Valentine's. My fiance now. So mm-hmm. it's like, we're going to do something special for Valentine's. Yes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did that before and it didn't work. But if you want to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't try to avoid everything. Like she wants, so we met in August. And she wants to get married in August. And we're supposed to get married this August. But I got married in August on my second wedding. And I didn't want to tell her that either because it's like, I don't want to feel like I'm comparing. But, but I kinda August wanna... is so hot. That's well, we're like... going to be in Corpus. so And, and we're Humans doing the beach wedding. We're doing hot. the whole beach thing. Yeah, but hot. 
Yeah. It's hot August. Usually you don't see a lot of weddings in August. Well, at the on the beach. At, at Corpus, they have those packages. Like It's like freaking Las Vegas. You pay 300 bucks. They do everything for you, and then mm-hmm. you leave. You get, yeah. to, you get to put on a dress. I get to wear the, the shorts, the khaki shorts and the white shirt and the puka necklace and all that crap. And <laughs> act douchey for 10 minutes, and then we go, go about our dinner. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she wants to do, so I'm going to be happy to do it. I, I, I think didn't it's want great. A, yeah, I didn't want a full wedding. We're also going to New Orleans in June just to spend the week. Oh, fun. Yeah. That would be great. That, that's humid as New Orleans in June. Yeah, yeah. But, but Not see, been there during June, but I can only imagine. Oh, it's very hot. My family's yeah, I mean, down there, so I Houston, spend a lot of time. Yeah, it's June. no different. It's just yeah, not it's as like fun. Hot. It's humid as hot. Humid. Houston's humid as New Orleans without all the fun. I so. also was in Japan last summer, and it was like 98, 99% humidity yeah. and like 99 outside. While it was still like 106 here, but still, I will tell you, I'd rather be here than in that humidity because I was dying. I think I drank probably multiple gallons of water, like in an hour. <laughs> I was sweating. Not a day. Couldn't an even. Hour. Couldn't even like wear makeup because it would just go- It was gone. Yeah. I, I'm like, okay, so I'm like all red in my face, like rosacea and everything. So I'm like. Whatever, I don't care. No one knows me. <laughs> it's fine, you know, vacation. Yeah, but then you look at all the people that are acclimated to that, and mm-hmm. they're not sweating. No, they're not. It's like the bitches that go to the gym, uh-huh. and you're, like, dying and look like you took a shower, mm-hmm. and you walk out, and they're just perfect makeup, Glistening. perfect hair, and I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? Did you even do anything? I'm like, I if I go to the bitches. gym in the morning, I'm throwing my hair up. I don't give a shit. I'm like, PJs. I'm like, let's get this. You know, and I'm sitting there dying. I look at everyone around me. They're like, oh, yeah, I got this. I'm on my, like, 15th mile. And I'm going, motherfucker, when is it going to be one? <laughs> well, now everybody's going there doing videos and all that anyway. Yeah. Everybody's going to the gym to be- make a scene just to be seen. I guess. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're talking Valentine's. We have what two couples here? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we have a lot of other people here. Uh, for the couples, is Valentine's a big thing? Like, is that something that y'all make efforts or, or things like that? And you can give your name if you want. If you don't, you don't have to. It's up to y'all. We'll just jump in. We kind of talked about it earlier. Um, I think now we've been together for about ten, married ten, going on ten years. Mm-hmm. And I think as we've got into this stage, it's not the honeymoon phase or the puppy love stage so he actually made a good point i will say he is good about all year round doing little things so actual valentine's day isn't like the biggest yeah we go out and do something big so you guys are continuously dating through the year yes and how to learn how to date how to learn how to get back to dating especially with kids oh yeah especially with kids or especially just with day-to-day Yep. annoyances with each other and anger yeah. and having to put that to the side. Uh, yeah. I've always felt that the problem with Valentine's is if you start it, you have to top yourself every year. Yeah. I mean, you just can't. The first year you go, hey, you know what? This is the first time I'm not bringing the 75 Symphony and the 400 Roses. Then your significant other goes, oh, well, what's changed? Uh-huh. Well, yep. I'm, I'm tired of doing it. And yeah. so I just. It's expensive. I, I, it's expensive. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, so we share what? money now, so we like to save. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? You're like, I want to go on Roses. Well, yeah, but part of it too is like when you've been together for a while, as yeah. opposed to spending like your five hundred dollar 
what maybe would have right. done in the beginning for your bouquets and right. all that stuff. Right. Hey, you want to go on a weekend trip mm-hmm. somewhere? That's, and that's yeah. like yeah, half absolutely. of the, the budget. Yeah. And when you're together and you're financially planning, you're it takes different. like a lot mm-hmm. of that romantic part out of it because you're like, okay, I only have this much. You want to fix the plumbing this month? <laughs> oh, yes. 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 You know what's real sexy? Like, yeah. let's finish that project we started of yeah. remodeling yeah. the bathroom. That's so like, hot let's right now. Let's just get the tile down. We're going to after this. <laughs> 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 we are. So, I gotta pick up some tile. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is on my dating profile, I used to have like one of my best dates would be to go at Home Depot. Let's go fill up our Yetis with whatever alcohol. Let's go walk around. Let's create a project. Let's get the stuff and then let's go home and build it. Like that is like a perfect date to me. Yeah. Yeah. So like literally even relationship years long. I mean, that's still, I love Home Depot. Yeah. I walk inside of it. I'm like, yep. oh, yes. <laughs> all the possibilities. So, so when you and I were talking, that's one of the reasons I was like, yeah, we're just going to be friends. Cause I'm like, you know what? I'll pay somebody to fix my bathroom and I'll pay. <laughs> I don't have the builder gene in me. Like mm-hmm. my dad, did it all and all he did was complain the whole time and he literally was like son one day get make enough money you don't have to do all this so that's what i started doing mm-hmm. <laughs> and i would rather travel and do all that on mm-hmm. the weekends instead of like fix stuff yeah. or you know man i would rather like spend the 200 bucks it would cost to fix it as opposed to the 1200 dollars it would cost to have someone else do it yeah that's just me and then i take that thousand dollars i saved and then go to so the casino yeah. or, yeah. Trip yeah, or so you know you're not bringing up all the times where it started at 200 to fix it and that's then, you're, true. then you're at 2500 to fix and if you'd have fixed somebody 1200 you could have went out town for the weekend we'll see the benefit yeah. about you know mostly I'll, I'll be a little sexist here mm-hmm. uh, most of us women we can kind of we can make things we can we can you know mm-hmm. do more than duct tape yeah but it's really amazing when you find someone who can do it all. Oh, yeah, yep. it's great. I have the idea, and he has a hands to do it. So yeah. I'm like, ooh, I got an idea. Mm-hmm. He's like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I support you, babe. Stop. What is it? <laughs> see, see, it's easy for me when my fiance says, I have an idea. I said, the handyman's on line three. Give him a call. Have him come out and do it, and, and I'll figure it out. I'm going to go swimming for the day. But so, so, how did, okay, so how did y'all meet? Through friends. How long ago? Yeah. Um, four years. So four y'all years. been dating? Or y'all married? Uh-huh. Married how long? Three years in April. So dated about a year. Uh-huh. All right. And you've been together 10 years uh-huh. or married? We've been 10 married years. about 10 years and dated about two years before that. All right. And all four of y'all from the Dallas-Fort Worth area? Yes. Okay. We're originally from California. Oh, okay. Okay. Go back to California, you liberal. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, stay here. <laughs> no, we welcome you. I tell the Californians now, I'm like, who the hell gave everybody the idea? Like, now everybody. Toyota, Apple, <laughs> Tesla. Uh, I, I just, I, I love the idea of, uh, let's, I, I want to beautify my state. We're going to tax, tax, tax. Now I'm going to go move over here and do it to this state again. And, and that's, yeah. every, that's all that's happening is it's just, yeah. everybody moves over and they say, well, they're escaping this, but then they, purposely try to make it exactly like they had in their own just yeah. stay where you were yeah. mm-hmm. and it's like it, it, yeah we have our own problem it's not even like left or right it's just we got too many people well yeah. I, and like yesterday i was reading an article this is totally off topic but still about how texan native couple moved to alabama to retire yep. of their dreams like they have land and they have like farm <laughs> and they have everything they wanted and for a fraction of the cost, they could yeah. find it here that they grew up their whole life. And they're like, yeah, we had to leave in order to, to retire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is crazy still. Yeah. States to retire. Y'all yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did the same thing. We went from having five of us with our kids in a one bedroom apartment to now a three bedroom house. Yep. You know, so wow. yeah, it was mm-hmm. a. But Dallas is getting dream. terrible on pricing too. But it is getting just horrible. as bad as it was in California. Because so. I've been looking, I own, I've been looking to sell, but it's like, man, if I sell and I even rent a home or an apartment, I'm going to pay more than more. like by $600 yeah. what I'm paying now. And it's like, man, mm-hmm. that's just not worth it. Like, yeah. It really yeah. isn't. This is not the time to live in a, a rental type yeah. property at all. I and mean, if you mm-hmm. are blessed to be able to have your home and you have that locked in, yeah, like mortgage it. price, keep it, mm-hmm. pay it off. And if that means that you pay it off and then you take that money and you get a second house, then rent that one yeah. and have that income because you're not mm-hmm. going to be able to find property cheaper ever again. Ever. Not yeah. like you found like four years ago in COVID, everything mm-hmm. dropped real estate. Everyone moved. And then in Dallas, we've always had a housing shortage. So not like usually an average 4,000 of houses in the whole Metroplex are usually available at one time for the past whatever years. And it's with all of these corporations coming, it raises everything up. Yep. Well, the corporations sucks. are buying the houses now. That's the thing people don't understand. Blackwater and places like that are legitimately buying it up under the guise of, hey, we're going to rent it back to people and we're going to be awesome. And they're not. They're terrible. Mm-hmm. They're horrible. Not only that, but especially like in Houston, they've had, they started their development probably a year or two plus ago when they announced it, of having subdivisions that are rental only. Yep. Wow. So all you can do is rent a home. You can't even buy a home anymore. And because these corporations are doing this, our rent is skyrocketing. Because mm-hmm. the, the, the dream that even that we and our most of us here are Gen Xers. Um, all of us here really are Gen Xers. But like when we grew up, that dream and that what the idealism that we grew up and what we were taught to believe in has been gone. Yeah, never really even happened ever. Well, so and, and, it did not, you know, even adds to. Um, you know, moving and relationships. Yeah. Well, that's exactly yeah. where I was going. Yeah. I mean, couples now, my daughter's married and she has a couple kids and all that. But if she was a little bit younger, I would tell her, what's the point of getting married? I mean, like yeah. you, you, the whole idea of you, you get married, you, you bring your household together and then you're able to get more credit and you're able to get housing and all that. They don't have that. My daughter's almost 30 and she really doesn't even have that. Mm-mm. They rent and they probably will always rent. Mm-hmm. And it's just... We were the last generation that legitimately could do the whole, hey, I'm going to work hard and, you know, Mm -hmm. scrape together a down payment. And even then, I bought my house in 2015. It took kind of a dip in the the market at the time. Mm -hmm. I was able to find a perfect house. And now, like, I could, I've done nothing to the house and I could sell it for two times the value Mm -hmm. right now. But you have to. To be able to get what you have now, mm-hmm. you'd probably pay two and a half exactly. times I would eat what you already are doing now. I would eat through anything, I, any kind of no income. vacations. Yeah. Well, I mean, just anything <laughs> I would make off the sale of the yeah. house, I eventually would eat into trying to rent. Yeah. Just, yeah. So if you're able to pay off what you have and even gain, even if it's a smaller property that you, you go into, you take that and then you go into a third property. It's just, it's it's like my I don't know. It's my dream. It's but what that I is do. also. The, but that is also <laughs> right there. The problem with housing is people are doing that. It's not mm-hmm. just corporations. It's people that are owning three and four houses. I would rather have some an individual own a few properties and mm-hmm. see them build their wealth and improve their family like a small business than I would having like Toyota come out here, yeah. buy hundreds of properties or they help the subdivision. They sponsor certain things or whatever that they do to have their hand in that pot. And then all of a sudden they see like, oh, well, people are paying like $2 million for a two-bedroom house. Yeah. Well, all right. And then everything skyrockets because then 
you know, like you guys come right. over here and you can form right. more. I'm glad that you guys came here to help more. I mean, there's so many, uh, like the, uh, it's so eclectic here. Mm-hmm. Then what I, I mean, I grew up in Midwest, so yeah. really that's, that's <laughs> oof. and here and, and you see everyone love Texas and it's a great state. But then when you like do another hard look, it's kind of hot. It's it's difficult to like see yourself retire, stay, invest, mm-hmm. do the things that you need to do. Right. Like the other couple, they're like, well, if we want the life we really want, we have to say goodbye to everything that we love mm-hmm. and go on an adventure and try something new. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. Mm-hmm. But I think that has another good point to couples is do you compare yourself to that? Like, yeah. are you guys truly happy with your guys' situation where you're at, where you were, where you came, where you're going, and your own goal and separating that versus looking at, like, that. Because that was a culture shock when we came. You know, we weren't one of the ones that came from wealth or anything. It was from the ghetto. So even when we put our kids into school, it was a culture shock for them, which we thought, hey, good environment, good school, good area, like, it's safe. Um, But now we have our kids challenged in not really fitting in with their peers yeah. and you know for us it was like oh my gosh we were able to do this for them we would have never been able to do that for them over there but now we have new challenges mm-hmm. that then we need to stay on like steady with and yeah. talk through and work through and yes it's a world that we came into it was an opportunity we came into but because we didn't know of what that would look like now we have new challenges as a couple mm-hmm. that we're trying to keep our family, you know, grounded in. And now we just adapt. <laughs> How many kids do you have? Uh, three. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And do you all have any kids? I have one and he has two. Previous? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you don't have any together? No. Any plans to have any together? No. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not starting all over no. again. <laughs> Long time ago. So you bring up the point though about like just again inside the whole relationships, kids, and and what kids do yeah. to the relationship. And and I remember there was a survey, and I remember this because they, the doctor. I don't know if y'all had but like when my daughter was born in '94, the doctor did the whole thing of okay, so if something bad goes on, yeah. and we have to make a choice. What's your choice? And I'm like, well, my wife. And my wife was just pissed. Like, why would you say that? And I'm like, I don't know what's in your stomach. I know you. I want to be with you. Now, the moment she was born, it's completely different. But until that moment of being born, I would have chose the wife over the kid. And so I read a study, and it was like 85% of guys said that. Like, yeah. yeah. And it was the exact opposite. Nearly 85% of women said, no, sacrifice me for the kid. Yeah. And I. Well, you know what? Right now, I'll tell you. (laughs) I actually just heard on the radio not long ago where it was a question of, if me and my child were drowning and it was a stepchild, yeah. if me and my child are drowning, who are you going to save? Well, for the mom, we have such a a connection mm-hmm. and a bond that that love is like, you better save the thing that matters the most in the world to me. Mm-hmm. But for the man, it was not like in a way of, I don't care about him, the child or I don't love the child, but I'm with you. Yep. I love you. Like, because of you, I have this child in yep. my life. It doesn't disregard any of that, but... I would choose to save you. And I think it actually ended their marriage. Like she divorced him off of that question. 
That's weird. Wow. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. There has to be other issues if one question. Right. Divorce, I mean, other than if, <laughs> unless there are more. Yeah. I think that was like the topper. Yeah. Like the wedding topper yeah. kind of just like exploded like, at that, that moment because there was like straw. steps. <laughs> you know, like layers. She to was already kids. to the point where like when we go into this, you do not embarrass me. Yeah. You understand me? As soon as he said it, that's it. I'm out. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I, I do think. I mean, and not that you know, not that I don't have a bomb on my daughter, and not that dads don't have bonds with their kids but i do yeah. think the wife is always going to be first because that's the one you like you chose to love mm -hmm. you don't choose to love a kid the kid i mean i guess you can choose not to love them but mm -hmm. the person you pick is the person you choose mm -hmm. yeah. and i think guys see that it that way and women don't mm -hmm. well too and then on that perspective like a guy's perspective i would think too that we grow the child in our bodies mm -hmm. like we oh, not yeah. only f we physically change forever the mm -hmm. moment we become yep. pregnant even if that child miscarries or doesn't go on to life birth we physically change yeah. mm -hmm. and there's this connection that we have that unfortunately guys don't experience because you mm -hmm. don't have that same like relationship within you know within having that child so the relationship you build mostly will be once the child is alive. Oh, yeah, so especially can, as they get older. And I can see that, too, because if you're if you don't naturally have that connection and you are thinking of your future, thinking of a future without your woman helping with that child, I think would be really overwhelming because there's so many emotions. Both couples, you know, in a couple you both have with when you're pregnant before you have your first child a lot of it is how the hell am i going to be a good parent what the hell how am i going to know how to do this a lot of the same thing and i, I don't know if it's innately within our dna as a woman but we just make shit happen mm -hmm. like we're, yeah. we're and we're trained yeah. I literally for, at least for us i've seen that the conversation's changing which is amazing yeah. um as far as raising our girls to believe that they can be doctors without having to be uh, to find their soulmate in order to to feel whole as a person. It's like, hey, let's feel whole as a person. Yeah, but there's a there's find. a certain group now. We're, we're we're in a weird spot in the world where there's a certain push from the Christian right to get women back in the kitchen and well, off of the jobs and. And and things like that. We're in a weird time where well, that's control. A lot of things. Well, yeah, but still, I mean, it's just you know, in the '90s, if you'd have told me women would start having to face that again, I, or that we're, we're relaxing child labor laws, mm -hmm. corporations are fighting and winning to allow, to relax child labor laws. Thirteen-year-olds are being you know found in factories killing chickens and things like that, and. And, and and there is a certain set of people going, well, that's the way it should be. They, well, they should be working. Well, most of those people that are passing those laws are the generation where they did that. They were mm -hmm. forced to do that. They aren't in the generations before, or um, excuse me, that, that we, the kids that we've raised. Because we grew up with those as parents, right? And so if they're getting these laws passed, it's because we don't even have age restrictions like on our president or, you know, as far as lowering that to where they're not retired. Because it's a whole different perspective of life when you're 70, trying to make laws for everybody else in the country, when maybe someone who's in their 50s has like Dude. maybe a more live perspective of what life is really like. So I, I see if we go on that political aspect and that type of thing, I can see how that's passing now. Because I've watched so many of the boomers start freaking out about them getting close to end of life. What are they going to do? It's, life isn't as promised as they were told. They're, they're freaking out because 
we're more liberal as a whole with acceptance of people and things are so out of their, their, their box. It, it freaks them out. And then they're very much concerned on death and dying. So you have all of these things that you get as a later in your like adulthood that we probably don't understand at our age right now. We, we think things are still going to be okay. But when you get closer to the end, you're like, Oh, how am I going to be taken care of? Am I really going to get social security now? Am yeah. I, are my bills going to be paid? Like you have a lot of that reality hit you. You know, I, speaking of do y'all, do y'all think, I don't want to say less, but do y'all think the younger generations are as equipped as we were? No, no. no. Okay. So then isn't that our fault? Yes. Like, like my biggest argument with boomers. <laughs> See? I'm sorry. Participation trophies were like the big key okay, of the but, downfall. Okay. Here's the thing, though, man. I'm, I'm 48. I might be the oldest one in here. I was getting participation trophies in 1978. That, that's not a new thing. No. Yeah. Um, but you know what? L- latchkey kid, right? So mm-hmm. here I am, probably like third, fourth grade, walking over a mile home from school. Up, uphill both ways no, in the no. snow? Well, I mean, it's a very hilly area. It was mostly downhill. My school was uphill from my house, so morning sucked. Oh, but <laughs> it was a lot nicer going home. But it would take me an hour to get home, right? Never in my mind would I think of allowing my son to do that today. And Okay, why though? Why today? Nothing has changed. You know what? Nothing. Well, a lot has changed, but nothing has changed. So our access to reality... It's instant. Mm-hmm. Whereas back then it wasn't. Right? So every if they you know, it's kinda of out of sight, out of mind. So it was safe back then to walk home. But now because we have access to everything, we realize how not safe life really is. And so we've I think we I think as those parents from like the sixties, seventies having their kids they want everyone include, you know, included in the celebrations, but they also wanted to protect them because they realized how bad it was out there. Maybe they went a little too far. And so overcompensation. And so we're kind of seeing the overcompensation. And then we're trying to get back to like, hey, let's get them more involved. But technology has progressed so much. Everything's on your phone. Everything's instant. If you want something, oh, I mean, we'll have to work for something. I mean, there's... Teenagers to this day that don't even have to make know how to make a PB and J. But again, or, that's on the parent. That's not the cow, that's not the in the kid didn't just wake up stupid. No, well, technically that, he did, but <laughs> like we teach them. I mean, if if you did not saying you, but if somebody didn't teach that kid how to make a PB and J, don't get mad at the kid for not being able to make a PB and J. Get mad at his parents for not teaching. Yes and no, but maybe the t- the parent has taught them PB and J. Maybe they've tried to teach them over and over, but the kid's like, eh. I just know you'll do it for me. Then don't do it for them. Right. That's the problem. <laughs> Most parents won't. They'll do it. it. Oh, they're going to starve <laughs> or whatever. That's where the entitlement comes in. Yeah. That's and that's the whole still. entitlement. And like I'll say, like I've tried not to do as much, but I have. There, there's tons of times yeah. where I'll do things. Um, of course, single parent guilt and those, are, you know, you try to overcompensate again, overcompensation. But, um, yeah, it, it, like it throws everything off. So to find that good balance, you know, I feel like our society will be in a good place and all of a sudden we pull here or we pull there and it's like this never really all on the same page. Everyone has an agenda. 
No, it's the, it's the theory. Everybody believes they're living their own movie. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks they're the star of the movie and everybody else is on the side. But aren't I the star? I exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's my world and you're just living it. Yeah, right? it's my world and you're just living it. And, and everybody has that selfishness. And, mm-hmm. and that phone puts you into that world where you can live that. And that's what we were talking about earlier. People literally make millions just recording stuff on their phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have no social skills. They're None. 19 years old with 300 million in the bank. Mm-hmm. And they don't they don't know how to make a no. PB&J. Uh-uh. But they've got three hundred million in the bank, and you yeah. can't get mad at them. They hustled. They did well, the job. And then here's another part of a struggle as a parent. So, I was forced in all of these situations, um, social situations, these certain things. I never knew how to adjust to them mentally because I never really understood them. I just mimicked everything. Yeah. So most of my life, I've just mimicked and learned. I ask questions, and I kind of just go with it over my collective that I've gathered for all of my evidence and research and whatnot. But at that time, like I'm, I'm just going with it as a kid and I'm just jumping here and there and whether I liked it or not, I still did it. But now as a parent, I don't necessarily want to force my child on that same scenario. So where's that balance to then of going, okay, I'm going to force them in some situations, but not in all in others, but I want them to be a strong individual who doesn't have anxiety over everything like I do because I'm always questioning if I'm saying the right thing. Did I perceive it correctly? And, you know, I've got a kid who's like, you know, I'm just not going to, if I'm not interested, I'm not going to do it. Yep. And if I don't like you, whatever. And I, I don't want to break that because my, I know my whole life I've struggled mentally with always questioning and second guessing and doing these things. And then here I see my son, like he, he really kind of knows himself and very self-aware in a lot of things. Most people wouldn't be, especially at his age. And I don't want to break it and taint it, but I also have to have a nice little balance to kind of take him out of his shell sometimes. And that's, I think that's where as a whole, and it's a collective, it gets really challenging because you have extremes on both sides. You have those in the middle that are trying to do it great. And then everyone compares each other and everyone's a perfect mom or not a perfect mom and everything's perfect on Facebook. And then you're stressed out about like, I mean, like really what matters? And you wonder why kids don't want to have kids. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know my 18 year old is like, she looks at my youngest and she's like, I will tell you, I ain't having no damn kids. I am not having kids. <laughs> yeah, my daughter's the exact opposite. She got two and she wants more and she wants to live out on the farm and all that. And I'm like, hey, just raise me a handyman. I can pay to fix my stuff and we're good to yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> Mentally, I could, I've never been that person. So this is where I've had a challenge. You know, with most moms are like, oh, like not most, but like a lot of my friends or other moms that are elder. I just want all these kids and I love them. And I'm going, I want a vacation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to like do things. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be like so self-centric, but like my brain isn't wired that way. I never wanted to have a brood, you know, like one, maybe two and done. And then I'm, I'm good. That's a nice challenge. You know, let me just keep one kid alive. <laughs> <laughs> You should have like a one in three. You get three chances. Three chances. <laughs> All right, the two boys that died, the girls at five. That's your last chance. <laughs> but you know, I will say that, you know, earlier you you know, we're kind of chatting a mm-hmm. little bit. You know, you guys have been together a while. Yeah. And have kids together. Yeah. And here I'm in a relationship. It's a little over a year. And we, you know, I have my child with my previous marriage as well as he has his kids with his previous marriage, but we don't have one together. And Mm -hmm. how different that relationship is because of the, the raw 
realness of life hasn't necessarily came into our path, or I won't say tainted it in a sense, but that there's like this romantic, you want to keep some level of romantic. Y'all had the thing where they came up and it didn't, y'all had to literally take them right back down, remember? I mean, that's raw right there. Well, yeah, but like, well, but I I haven't given birth. Like, I haven't had to have a baby and it shits on me all day and my (laughs) hair is gross. I haven't showered in four days. I smell like raw milk. Are you hitting on me? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. That's so gross. But, you know, like, there's this realness you have, especially as a woman, as a mom, Mm um... Typically, the guy comes and goes and works and whatnot, but we stay home with the kids, so we are there in the war, right? Mm-hmm. But then when you have that within your relationship, it changes things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes for the worst, but sometimes for the better, a mixture maybe of both, where like you were saying, you have to redate. Because mm-hmm. you, yeah. you have to rekindle that romantic yeah. spark. It's not gone. Mm-mm. It's just that you've had so many priorities, and these little monsters are like the priority always. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you, so you have how you have an 18-year-old and you have younger? 18, so you, 14, and 10. So Okay, so you have two still at home. And Yeah. They're all at well, home. they're all at home. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, the other one's going to the be difference with that, She's like, yeah, they're both at home. Yeah, He's like, oh, they're yeah, all at home. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. But also, two of them are from different dads, and then the okay. youngest we have together. Okay, so... So that was a struggle itself, too. Well, and... So when the the last one is out, yeah, what will y'all do as a couple? Exactly, and that's what we've, and I think at different stages we kind of talked about this earlier too. Is right at one point I was like, I want a lot of kids. I want to love on a lot of kids. I want to give them something that I didn't have. And as we keep going, and I'm like, holy shit, I thought I had parenting figure it out. Like, I don't know what I'm doing with an 18 year, like almost to be 18 year old. Like now I need to teach you. You know, we've we've been teaching consistently, but now it's like now I have to step back and just wait. Like I have to be terrified and just wait. Yeah. (laughs) And then I have to make sure, you know, we stay us. Yeah. You know, yeah, bonded and and things like that. So it makes relationships hard. It really does. Because not only do you have your guys' relationship, you have your relationships with your children individually. Right. And then you also have it as the mom and the dad as a whole. Mm -hmm. And then you have mom and dad Mm -hmm. without the kids because you're trying to decide discipline and all these other things. And all of these things come into it where it it stresses and and it takes on that relationship. Mm -hmm. So maybe, you know, Valentine's is just, you know, a bottle of wine and take out from Domino's. I mean, you know, we we won today, okay, that they're all alive. They've been washed. Mm -hmm. They've been fed. They are asleep. I, or they're in bed. Okay, yeah. I don't know if they're asleep, but they're there. <laughs> Lights are out. You know, we won today, and then yeah. that's and that could be it. Yeah. But I think also too, even at this very commercial holiday, it gives a lot of guys excuses just to do one thing one mm-hmm. a year. But for those right people and the right relationships, you do it throughout the year. And so it's not as big of a holiday, which is fine yeah. because you guys are continuing like mm-hmm. doing this okay, though, I and building that thing. relationship, which I think is great. Oh, I want to just want to say one thing about that. And I made the joke about birthday when we were talking about recording, but you, you talk about what the guys do. But mm-hmm. as guys, we tend to 
in general, not have women that do a lot of the things either. So mm -hmm. yeah. we don't know when we're supposed to sometimes. And mm -hmm. so we go, oh, Valentine's. That's when everybody tells us we're supposed to do this. And so we do it then. Yeah. And then when we don't do it the year round, we get chastised for it. And it's like, I didn't know. You don't ever do I'm not saying yeah. mine now. Mine actually does. She does cool little things like that. So do we blame our parents now because they didn't teach us right? <laughs> oh, I mean, I hate, I'm to, just saying, like... I hate to be generic, but I blame the idea that corporations created Valentine's to guilt yeah. people into buying oh, shit. Yeah, you feel yeah. obligated. And that's why I said earlier where you when you're when you're new, you want to top the next year and you want to top the yeah. next mm -hmm. year. Well, I'm the that's I'm selfish. Yeah, it is, but I think most I think most guys want to do that. They try to they want to every year top what they did last year. Mm -hmm. I'm in year three and I'm already out of ideas. I'm like, babe, let's just go down to Mardi Gras and we'll just call it a day and that's what we're doing. So I will make a little little tip here, you know, for anybody who wants to get one rose for their first year of marriage. Just envision 40 years. Exactly. Yeah. Just, mm -hmm. just FYI, it's not cheap. <laughs> unless you, <laughs> unless you YouTube it and you can do it yourself. I will tell you, like, you know, stick with what you know now so you can continue it. But the moment you start doing it, like maybe gradually work up to it. But, you know, 40 years, that's a lot of roses. <laughs> so I just want to say I'm on the opposite end of... Like, y'all, mm -hmm. both my kids are now in college. So this is our first year of empty nesting. Ooh, yeah. So it's it's quite an adjustment to not have your children, like, around you 24-7. Of course, they were just home for Christmas break. And, Lord, I'm so happy they're back at school. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I get the question every night, what's for dinner? What's for and dinner? so once they left, I was like, that's so weird. Like, no one's asking me what's for dinner. And my husband's like, well, I can ask, ask you if you want. I'm like... No, no, no. We're good. You don't have to ask me anything. I, yeah. So, but we've been married 22 years okay. and, um, we dated for three before we got married. So we've had highs, lows, everything we've been, we've been through the mud. We've been, you know, where everything's been fantastic. But I mean, kids were obviously a challenge throughout the beginning of the relationship. The first 10 years were really hard adjustment as who do you give the most attention to your husband or your children? And I mean, for me, it was my children and for him it was me but it was it wasn't reciprocated because as a mom you're mm -hmm. just like these are yeah. my number one i need to keep them alive right <laughs> so and i want them to turn out to be great humans um but um valentine's day just kind of isn't a thing anymore for us yeah. like we've been married so long like anniversaries are definitely more important like we'll plan something super special or we'll go on a vacation or whatever and i think Valentine's Day is more like you said it's it's commercialized it's for people that are newly dating newly married um they expect that because yeah. of the commer commercialization mm -hmm. of, of it yes yes, yes exactly and I remember back in the day because I have a uh February 8th baby so it was like right there at Valentine's Day and my husband would come home and he'd bring flowers for me and he'd bring flowers for her. And it was like super sweet. And um, unfortunately, I've worked for a florist now for the last six years and I don't want flowers anymore. <laughs> I'm around them every day. So for me, if you want to do something special, it's going to be a nice dinner or it's going to be a vacation or but that's just where we are. So. Um, but like I said, it's just, you know, when you have that adjustment, your kids aren't around anymore. It's like. You want them to do a little bit more, but you're so used to everything being around the children and what they need and what you should be doing for them. And 
You have to now learn it's to about date. us. Yes, yeah. it is. And so I'm like, oh, we're gonna do dance lessons, <laughs> which no. she is not thrilled about because we haven't done it yet. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, we'll go to music bingo and we'll just do all these fun things yeah. that you know you just kind of put to the wayside. And I feel like every day should be Valentine's Day for mm-hmm. us now because, yeah. again, we're now alone and it's so weird because for. 19 years of our life, we've had children there. Yeah. Well, now you And you've had all these. You are as a couple now. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And you. Exactly. Getting, maybe having to adjust your (laughs) habits, things that you have been accustomed to because of how everything's going. Now you're empty nesters and then you're forced at this point now because the the kids aren't there to distract you to be able to be more and um, engaged. And to do more things, because if not, you're gonna be you're gonna stay separate, and then there's gonna be something missing. And, yeah, you know. But what was super funny when you were talking earlier about <laughs> about your past relationships and what do you share or not share? Yeah. And I swear, it just it was either last night or the night before. You know, we're in the car and we're talking about something about I don't remember where the conversation came from, but like, how many people have you slept with? And I was like, I'm not sure. I, I never counted. Like, I didn't keep a number. And and he's like, oh, well, there's that many. And I was like, I'm like, hey, I'm sure you don't know your number either. So let's just say that happened when our, in our good old day. You know, that's funny because that's something, that's something young people, they don't care about that kind of stuff. Mm-mm. Young people, you're talking about how, like, your son, he knows who he is. Young people today, man, they're like, hey, I'm banging it out on the weekend and I'm good. And, and mm-hmm. guys don't look at girls like, oh, you're a whore. You've had a lot of sex. Right. Yeah. No. We were still uh-huh. in that generation where we were told, you know, don't be with a woman that's been, you know, too many. Uh-huh. Yeah, partners. Um, yeah, yeah, too many partners. That means ish, something. Ew. Yeah. Well, you know, funny story. Um, you know, I've had my share. Of what? <laughs> you had Jen's been around the block. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a couple times. A couple times. <laughs> um, you know, but the man I'm with, I'm his number two. Wow. Big difference. And You're I told teach him a thing or two. Oh, I don't teach him anything, which oh. is crazy. I was like, I am. My mind is blown. So he's blown. watched plenty of videos. Something. <laughs> <laughs> he's done his research. I mean, he's, uh, and he's you know. Researches. <laughs> I don't have to tell him anything. Oh, Fifty Shades of Grey. But new, it's like it's for me. I think it's more intimidating for me because i'm going oh and i think about it i'm like yeah i don't want to talk about any of that i've had my fun and, and share but also too i on his aspect i know it's intimidating because it's like oh you know you're my number two i don't i'm like you know to be honest it doesn't matter how many people that you're with before i think it's if you're intuitive if you're willing to learn if you know your partner you guys are comfortable enough. I think everything naturally like falls in line, you know, because there's so many people where you force it and it's awkward and it's weird, and you're like, oh, okay, like that really should never have happened. <laughs> but then even with that, you know, with this, it's it's for me. I'm like, oh gosh, I don't even want to talk about you know my history at all because we'll watch Love Island, and then all of a sudden it comes up like on some quiz. 
uh, they'll do like a little mini game, right? And then some guy has had sex with more than 100, 200 people. One of the guys that they have on the show. And I'm like, why would you even answer that truthfully? <laughs> right. When you know, it, I mean, obviously we're in our like 10th year. So you've seen uh, like a, you've seen something, right? Guys? I'm thinking STD testing at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least point. once. <laughs> at least once for that. But still, it's like that weird. And then you see like, oh, you know, but that, but it's a red flag in itself. It says, oh, I can't just be happy with one person. I'm going to do all the persons. And then, <laughs> but when we get older, we do a lot of self-reflecting that I wish we honestly knew at 20 that we, we don't know and won't know until like, no, those 20 year olds won't know until they're 40. Sure. But it, it's this great like eye-opening thing that happens when we could become in our 40s and we're older and we have enough experience for relationships but to be able to take all of that now and like for me i've been was it 2019 my divorce was final so i've had a few years on the, the dating that lucky guy i was like the first person he really talked to on a dating app that he was, was doing, mine. That's how mine is. You know, and and I'm just like, you got so lucky. And I'm like, and I've done this for years. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Shit, I've been divorced since 2015. I lacked you. you know? Golly. I was like, it's really I, scary. I, I out was meeting there. the same chick on other apps. Like, oh hey, there you are. How you doing? What are you saw, doing? Tonight? You know, I saw them all. You could tell the red flags because they show up on all the apps. With different profiles. Different though. pictures, different things said same in them. They want different oh, things, yeah. yeah. Same douchebag though. <laughs> yeah, you, you ever want to have fun? Get a glass of wine and go to Plenty of Fish and just look at the people there. It's ridiculous. Maybe more like a couple of bottles. Yeah, I need to go mainline vodka and just. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, and yet, there was a time at two, three in the morning. That chick that's always there, I know she'd be there. I'd be like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> Literally and figuratively, yeah, just fuck it. Well, my nineteen-year-old joined a dating app just. For the comedy within it, like yeah. she didn't join it to oh, date yeah. anyone. Yeah, she just joined it for the to see what the heck was out there, and like this is funny. Like it is hilarious. So it's really bad. So all the men my age are trying to date with, like trying to match with like nineteen. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, that's why I was like, you must be between the ages of eighteen and twenty-five. And I'm like, all right, dude. Wow. And that's why I was like, you you're not dating any of these people, yeah, like right. ever. Yeah. Like you're in college, meet a college guy, get to know him. Mm-hmm. Like someone but, that has a future. So, but I mean, I can make the case that when you find somebody honest, you're doing that on a dating site, and that dating site's protecting you from a lot of early physical contact that could be problematic down the road if the dude or the, the chick too is crazy or a stalker and stuff. I mean, I met my fiance on a dating app, and that was the best thing that. But I think there's a difference between the older generation dating on a dating app versus mm -hmm. the younger generation dating on an app. Oh yeah. Most of the younger generation is just looking to hook up. Yeah. I will. I mean, maybe some of the older is too, yeah, but I, I think yeah. they're looking for more yeah. companionship than just a hookup mm -hmm. at that point in their life. I, I go back to, I, I don't think the young people care though. Like they're fine yeah. with just the hookup. Yeah. And, and I'm actually impressed oh, with that. I, I, I actually I mean, Especially for women, I, I think that confidence is like, they don't care. I think that's awesome. Because you couldn't do that when we were growing up. Mm -hmm. I, I remember, I mean, you did, but you got to. <laughs> well, I, don't know I mean, you, you did 
it. You did it, but I mean, if people found out, it but was. It was oh, a yeah. Theory. I grew yeah. up in a small town. True. And so if people found out certain things, mainly females, not guys, mainly females, well, they were whores. And nine times True. out of ten, you would you would end up talking to her, and she's like, yeah, none of that happened. Like, none of it. I just, somebody said it, and it just. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I respect women today. Like, they're just like, no, I want to. I want to get so my... in my past. I mean, before I got married, mm-hmm. I had been in some awful relationships. Like I, I dated the verbally abusive guy. I dated the alcoholic guy. Like it was just awful. Like everyone I picked was just awful. And I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm done being in a relationship, and I'm just gonna do me. And I'm just gonna be a guy. And if I want to have sex, I'm gonna just have sex. And that's what I did. Which, oh, God, my kids listen to this. Whatever. <laughs> um, but that's where I was until I met my husband. And then I was like, okay, well, there was a lot of things about him that I just loved, including the sex. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Wait, but I think it's important. 22 years later. <laughs> <laughs> but as a woman, though, I think it's important for us to hear that we can still do what we want. We have our own needs. We can fulfill yes, those. Absolutely. And if other people judge us, that's on them. I don't have to stress about that. That's that's a reflection of their personality and their thing. Um, and I really don't want to have anything to do with it. And I know that the people that I personally keep close are very open-minded, loving people. They're, they, they, they won't judge you for something like that. Like, we've all had our shit. I think that's the craziest thing about when we grow up and, you know, we joke about having manuals or this or that. But honestly, I think that we... We stop giving a fuck by the time we're 40 because it's just, we're, we're just done. We are so done. And maybe it's just we have to wait for that 4-0 to hit for us not to care anymore. But it, it, it somehow it, it's opened up and released like this whole, yeah. you just don't care. It, it's well, like, whatever, I'm going to be me. Pressure. Mm-hmm. And we, I think we see it more clear. No, that's a good point. It, it, there's that pressure. There's that pressure of society. I think when you reach 45, you're like, I give two shits. I mm-hmm. don't care what people think. Um, I looked at women different on dating apps. Physicality wasn't the first thing I, I leaned into. It was mm-hmm. to get to know more and all that. And then that's when I started meeting all the psychos. Again, that's the weird thing is you think, oh, I'm going to do it this way, the right way. And then that's when you start, you know, I don't want a one-night stand. Oh, I want to reach out to her 30 minutes into it. What are you doing tonight? You want to come over? Wait, you just said, well, for you, I'll be different. And yeah, and you walk in, you can, <laughs> you can literally smell the syphilis in the house. And you're like, yeah. You, I just tagged in Bert. Bert's ready to come in. I'm out. But And so... <laughs> Hey, I'm telling you, you always hear the women dating app stories. Guys, we have it too, man. We have some crazy. And then she knows, like, I had a six foot two woman show up at my house and come into my house when I was sitting there watching TV and literally came out of a dark shadow, like, you haven't called me. And I was literally like, this might be the first chick I could not beat in a fight, and she has to be the crazy one. This is just not fair. Where's the 5'10 ones I've been talking to? Because, I mean, she was scary. You might want to be careful. Yeah, at least they just fight at your legs and you just kind of kick them. Yeah, but her hands, we're, we're closer. <laughs> so the men no, I'm not talking about you. I know you could fight, Jen. I ain't talking about you. You've got like wrenches and hammers and all weird spots in your house. You never know. I don't know. I'm not. So, funny thing about when we hung out, we slept together, meaning she fell asleep in the bed and I was watching Hulu. And. <laughs> I was I was literally looking around for I think I was looking for the remote and there's like a like a screwdriver in the back part and I was just like eh, I'm already here fuck it if she's gonna kill me she's gonna kill me but you did you had like tools just all over your bed I I usually like so funny story um, 
when I like, started working back in flowers in September, but on either side of my bed and my had my little like little boxes, I had my flower knives. So they're really <laughs> sharp, like little just unfoldable, like real quick. <laughs> so I was like, oh, hey. Lorena you know. Bobbitt. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, you know, I never know. I forgot that they were there, but they were there. Um, and I would randomly remember, oh, yeah, I've got knives on either side. And then I have, like, a, a box cutter stash somewhere. Like, you just don't know. I read so many R.L. Stein books, everybody. Like, I am fearful. I learned to drive a stick shift, and I wanted a stick shift for my first car because I read an R.L. Stein book about this girl who went to this party, and then she found the killer, and they're, like, in this field somewhere in California, and he's coming after her, and this car is a stick shift. She's like, how the hell do I get out of here? And I'm like, that's not happening to me. (laughs) 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 And, of course, I couldn't tell my mom that, right? She would totally be like, you're irrational. You're getting on automatic. I was like, no. Just think about this, Mom. I'm older than most of my friends. I'm driving everybody everywhere, right? So I should know if I'm at a party and everyone's trashed. I need to know. Maybe they drove me. I need to be able to have that knowledge. She didn't like that explanation either. Maybe kids nowadays know how to drive a stick. No, it's so sad. Why would they? Why would they? My daughter has our hand-me-down, the Nissan, so the windows still roll down. When I tell you how many of her friends are like, why do they do that? Yeah. Like, how do they do that? She's like, uh, magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little elf in there, and I tell him to go up there. No, you think that's bad. Like, I inherited my grandmother's Audi, and it had a crank sunroof. Oh, yeah. I remember those. Wow. 85 Lincoln course, Town Car had I, that. I totaled it and drove it into a telephone pole, but, you know. Yeah. At least you survived to tell the story. I did. I broke my stern, fractured my sternum and everything, but I survived. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> the kids these days don't even care to drive, period. So no, they Uber. They don't even, yeah. So to have a stick, I don't even think they make them really anymore unless it's like in a sports car. And they have no desire. No, they don't. They're eighteen-year-olds with no license that (laughs) expect everyone else to take them everywhere. Yeah, but they also don't have. I mean, we grew up in the laziness. Well, you call it laziness, but like we grew up, especially me in a small town. If you didn't drive around, you did nothing else. Mm -hmm. That was your only option. And we all wax nostalgic now, but I can remember many times on a Friday night at nine o'clock going, "God damn, this is boring." Or we're just driving the same circle, and we're gonna do it again tomorrow. We call it laziness, and they're just like, "Well, why do I want to do that? I can play my video game. I can play my phone. I can talk." to my friends like my daughter and i she's 30 i'm 48 we haven't talked on the phone probably in 15 years we text every day though like consistently yeah. but my mom's the exact opposite you never call well we're texting mom they don't talk. I, I don't want to text i want to call so i'll call and then we just sit in silence for five minutes i'm like this is why i text <laughs> so I, I don't know if kids today don't drive around because they're lazy it's just they don't have a dis- need for no, it's it's my, my friends yeah. my friend has a son and he is not getting his license because he says why do I need a license when everyone else will drive me around? Oh. And they do. They pick him up and he goes where he needs to go. And why See, not? I had, I had a friend like that in high school, though. He doesn't have to pay gas bills. He doesn't have to have a car payment. And he doesn't have to be on an insurance. So why yeah. not? <laughs> one day he will, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, one thing kind of going to that that I do see with this younger generation is they're leaning towards their friends in a clingy relationship way that is, unbelievable to see i mean i've done i've seen it in corporate office i've seen it in in work i've seen it in my kids friends where Mm -hmm. 
they they're best friends, but they will share this type of bond that you would normally see with a man and a woman, but it's nothing sexual, nothing like that, but just that Are you talking about female-female or male-female? Yeah, like female... I see it a lot with female-female. Well, and male-female now, because... Guys, the one I think positive what guys are being taught that are younger is just they don't they're not being told that bullshit friend zone thing. Yeah. That you either yeah. like a girl because you're her friend or you don't. You don't like a girl only because you're hoping to mm-hmm. at the end yeah. of the movie get yeah. with her. And so I see younger because I I work where I'm dealing with teenagers and stuff. I cover high school sports and so I see and I'll see a a cheerleader and a football player yeah. hug. Like, oh, that boyfriend and girlfriend. And mom, like, no, they're just best friends. They've been best friends since they're five. But they uh, both know the boundaries of the relationship. The guy's yeah, not secretly really, yeah. wishing that I will fall in love with you. And so mm-hmm. I think when that happens, women can be more open to these guy friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then with yeah. women and women and guys and guys, not much guys and guys. I think women and women, it's always been there. We just, we didn't see it as yeah. much. And with the, the lack of our sociality with our kids, mm-hmm. how they want to be on the phones and they want to be at places, not as much as when we grew up yeah. outside yeah. till the light turns off. Yeah. I think that a lot of them are having that internal like need for that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then it's in another like going into it real strong and really wanting to have that kind of mostly unhealthy type of relationship because what they're looking for is actually within themselves, Mm -hmm. but they're, they're, they're filling that up with somebody else's Mm -hmm. a love or approval or connection. Well, and kids today don't have to sit in silence like we did. And I'm not saying that's good or bad, but I mean, we spent many a nights just staring at the wall, mm-hmm. listening to radio, maybe. And a lot of us, like my house, smaller house, I couldn't even play music at past a certain time because it mm-hmm. wake my parents up. So yeah. you just kind of learn to live with yourself like mm-hmm. that. And then, of yeah. course, we were all, most of us were, as you say, latchkey kids, our parents. Mm-hmm. And we as parents tried to do the opposite, but it seems like we've done, we went too far one side now. I where, tried it, I don't know, I feel like I'm an asshole half the time. <laughs> But I feel like I'm training my child since he was 10 to do to be independent, to do things yeah, on his yes, own, yep. to, hey, I'm not going to be there, so you need to figure out how you're going to solve this problem without right. me there kind of thing. Um, but that's always been me. I'm naturally like that. He's not. But do so. you not, or, or maybe he is, and you just don't like the answers. So maybe you're like, you need to fend for yourself, and for him, fending for himself is, okay, I'm just going to order Uber Eats. I'm going to go to watch the movies. I'm going to take an Uber. And we're like, no, that's not, And but that's their reality now. Oh, well, see, I don't give him my card number, so he can't do that, so that's talking, not an option. But, but, but then, you're, but then you're, you're not really letting him figure out how to oh, do it. You're, you're wanting him to the fi- freezer. But, I mean, he, but see, that's my point. Food. You're letting him figure out the way you want him to figure it out well, instead right. of just letting him figure it out just open by himself. Well, here's the thing. I provide the foods. Mm-hmm. He has the drinks. What he does is up to him. So you wake up, you do your thing. I'm not here. Figure it out. I'm yeah. not going to tell you what to do. Usually I come home and he hasn't even eaten yet. It's been hours. I'm like, have you eaten? No, I forgot. You know, type thing. And it, you know, whatever. But I still want him to be able to be alone. Yeah. Because when you're alone, you have a different mindset than when you have someone because you can't rely on anybody there. So what happens if there's an emergency? What happens if there's something else? You know, I, I've had him do his laundry for years. Not that he, at this point, it's, I still have to remind him all the time. <laughs> but still, I'm not, thing. yeah, it's a boy yeah. thing. I'm not touching his laundry. He can wash it himself. That is his responsibility. So if you don't have any clothes to wear at school, I don't tell you you're a stinky kid today. But <laughs> <laughs> these things that he's going to learn because as, even though he's 16, he graduates this year. So in May, he's going to be a high school graduate. 
and he's going to go into college at 16. And it's kind of like I feel like I'm having to fast track some of these lessons because soon he's going to be going off to college somewhere, whether it's 17. I really don't want it at 17, but especially 18. But still, it's like there's certain things I need to know that he can handle when I'm not around. And that's it's kind of a difficult conversation. How do you help, especially when they're not as willing to do the things? But again, we went through it all too. It's it's sometimes it is learning when you don't have that option, mm-hmm. and you just have to true. let them figure it out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think the hardest thing is is the kids don't know how yeah. to. I'm going to say adulting. Okay, so like like my kid is sick and she's in a different city, and I can't just call the doctor for her. I'm mm-hmm. like, you have to find a doctor. You have to go to. You have to go to this place or whatever. Can you call them? No, I can't call them. You're 18. (laughs) They won't even let me talk for you. You have to Mm -hmm. do it. And the kids these days, they're just not comfortable with it because they're not used to having to conversate. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, Everything is through texting, Snapchat, Instagram. Mm -hmm. You're not actually communicating face-to-face with people. And that's where our kids are going to have their downfall too when they go to get jobs. I mean, the first time my daughter went to go interview at a job, I think she was like 16, right? And she sat down and she's like, how do I answer these questions? Um, just answer them? And she's like, yeah, but I need, to, I need to write it down. It's almost like a script. Like, I need to memorize what I'm supposed to say. No, it's just you be you. You explain what you do, what you like to do, this and that. But, but I don't know how to do that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, mind blown. So... <laughs> Like, it, they just are so fearful of having those conversations. Mm-hmm. Well, even with with my son, um, we were at Mitsua, and they have uh, One Piece, like, card sales there, and they, they host the games. And he's like, oh, I really want this. I'm like, oh, here's my card. He's like, whoa, whoa, what? Yeah, you want me to go to the you want me? I go, well. Like, to ask for ketchup? <laughs> I'm like, well, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you're kidding. Yeah. yeah. They're just like, huh? What? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, go on, go on, little, little guy. You can figure this out. I'm like, here's my card. You know what to do. He's like, I'll be there watching. I mean, you're, it's okay. Like you're just literally giving someone money. It's not, it's not hard. You swipe and tap and go. Yeah. But I think that's one of the things that drives me nuts about like our kids. Mm-hmm. Even when we go out to a restaurant, they'll say, oh yeah, this is what we want, and you know, we'll be okay. 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 Tell them. And then the the guy comes over, you know, to take your order. And we're looking at her, and she's looking at us like, <gasps> "What do we do? Aren't you gonna like, ask? I'm I like, told you, you were gonna tell him. Like, if you're hungry, talk to him. If not, you know, you don't have to eat." And then when she does, she does this little, <laughs> like really low and whispers it, and I'm like, "Speak up!" <laughs> yeah, but but you almost have to force them to to get out of that comfort mm-hmm. zone. Oh yeah. So it's how really so how old are the kids? Do you all have kids that stay at home? Just my daughter. She's uh, going to be 18 in September. Okay. They're yeah. almost empty nesters. Yeah. Yep. Year away. So, so his children, uh, his daughter's 20. His son will be 12 in February. They've always lived in El Paso. So we've always only had my daughter, which was 13 when we started dating. So we've kind of always been able to go out and date. And yeah. we're constantly doing something together. That's nice. Um, she can just stay home, watch herself. Yeah. <laughs> or she's usually out with her friends or whatever, mm-hmm. which I'm starting to go through the crisis of, oh, no, my daughter's going to be 18 and I'm going to be 45 years old. Like, 
you know, like mm-hmm. then we're not going to have any kids at home. And then what's like. going to happen? It's going to be quiet. Yeah, that's it's when you're going to install a swing in the bedroom. I know. I love it. I love it. You're yeah. like, exactly. You're going to love it. And then we've already made plans. Like we want to go to the Bahamas and we want to get a boat. We just recently got a pontoon. Nice. Um, we love. We're camping. hanging out this summer. Yeah. I, know, so. <laughs> I mean, I have paddleboards. So we're all down. <laughs> We all need a date more. So (laughs) hey, couples night, right? Romantic couples night on the water. (laughs) Hey, I'll bring charcuterie. There you go. So it's like, yeah. So we we are constantly doing stuff. So we've always are like dating, 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 which is a good thing. But it's like we have a five bedroom, three bath house and. It's like, it's gonna wow. be empty. We can mm-hmm. run around the whole house naked. Yeah. <laughs> yes. oh, yeah. So what, I'm sure one of those rooms will be converted soon. Oh, we've already had plans. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Biggest room upstairs will be our sex room. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, have you seen the? Um, I can't remember the name of it, but on Netflix they have this series. Um, I think they did like eight or so episodes and they would go in how to build a how to build the dungeon yes. room like there yes. yeah and it would be like the secret one in the basement MBS. or whatever Again, 50 shades oh, yeah wow. hey there's nothing wrong with that well yeah it's, <laughs> it's, fun. it's all fun the first time and then the second time it takes 45 yes. minutes just to get everything done and then you're just like <laughs> I'm gonna take a drink <laughs> now the problem is with our knees getting up and down the stairs <laughs> <laughs> getting that little chair that goes like two miles Oh, yeah, find a way. Since oh, my yeah. left, I don't ever go upstairs. I'm like, oh, I strictly live downstairs. I'm good. <laughs> no, we have two other rooms downstairs, too. So, you know. There you go. <laughs> be an idea. So was it hard for you as a stepdad for them to already be 13 and, and when you were just dating? I mean, like, when you – how do you view your relationship with her? Like, is it stepdad to daughter? Is it more friend to friend, just person to person? Um. I think it fluctuates with her mood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Teenager. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So yes. we've we've had some, some, <laughs> definitely some ups and downs, mm-hmm. some trust issues, and just you know, but overall she's a good kid, so that helps. And then her biological dad has chose not to be in the picture at all. Basically. You think that's made it easier? Oh, that makes it so much easier. So I will be the first to vouch when you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if it comes it down it to so it, easier. this is dad. She'll yeah. tell you this yeah. is dad. From, from that point, it, it's uh, it's good that he's not around, but it also mm-hmm. creates a lot of emotional mm-hmm. issues yeah. for her. Yeah. It's disturbed her a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he's even called him and... Hey, you know, you need to come see your daughter. You can come anytime. You're welcome to come over, take her out to dinner, do this, do that. And he just doesn't want to. He just yeah. does not want to. So I, I have, and we talked about in the last episode, but I have the thing where me and my baby's mama, we, we've been best friends. Like we never had an issue. Like we divorced because we were like, we didn't want it. We weren't in love. We wanted to elope from college and have some fun. And oops, we had a kid. And so we made the decision two years in, let's just divorce now before we hate each other. And so we've always been like, she was in my second wedding. She was part of the, she did my, my ex-wife now, but her nails for the wedding. And so I never understood the fight. Because we never fought. So I've always, everybody else says me how lucky I am. Like, we don't argue yeah, on anything. Really lucky. Yeah. 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 Really I lucky. I mean, Liz, I still, me and her still call each other to talk life. Like, hey, I, I have this issue. Maybe you can, you know, you know me more than anybody else. Maybe you can help me with this. Mm-hmm. And so it's, and for my 
second wife, that was an issue. It bothered her. Now, my fiance now, it doesn't bother her at all. She doesn't care because she's like us. She's in her 40s. She's like, fuck it. I just want to get home at the end of the day. But my second wife, that bothered her that me and my baby mama always talk. Like, she always thought something, not like sexual is up, but she was like, we always go to her when there's a problem. I'm like, well, yeah, because you're the problem. (laughs) Why, why, Why would I talk to you about you? Because you, you know, nobody can... Everybody, we all want to self-assess, but we can't in the moment. When you, somebody is saying, you've done me wrong, you feel attacked. And I understood that, so I went to somebody else. But uh, So I've never understood the whole not being in the picture. That just blows my mind. Like, And I didn't even want a kid, but as soon as I had her, I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. mine. I'm going to take care of her. And I just never understood people that don't. That's just weird to me. So my stepdad came into my life. I think my scene, I was like... 14 or so, so no, 13, when my parents, my mom and my stepdad met. But they dated five years before they got married. And I didn't really meet him until I was 16 or so. Um, then they got married when I was 18. And I got to say, fuck, I was a teenager. I was a hellion. I'm, like, surprised he didn't leave my mom with how crazy and pissed off I was all the time. Um, you know, it was very volatile. But I've always loved and, and respected him. Um, and intimidated the shit out of me when I was younger. Um, just because it's... It, I don't know. He's, he's such a great man. And he has, like, these regimes. And he's, he's got all these routines and all these things he does. And I'm like, wow. You know, my ADHD totally like all over the place brain just looks at that and I'm like, that's so cool. You know, one day I wish I could be somewhat close to that, but I know that will never be achieved. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to try to embody it somehow and try to work real hard, you know, to to be that cool. But I mean, there's I mean, there's been times I remember (laughs) there's sometimes I would this teenager, I would melt down and I would like, throw it. I would be, that was horrible. Well, I but, think that's every teenage girl, is it not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was a rite of passage. I was told not to slam my door and then they put a mirror on the back of my door and they're like, well, you can't slam it anymore. Oh, yeah, I can. <laughs> yeah. And if it breaks, I don't care. Because I didn't put it there. I didn't want it. I'm like, that is how I show my anger. You will know I'm mad if my door is slamming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is I'm like raw. Yeah, and if they didn't hear it, I'm gonna open it and do it again. So I'm gonna make my point. Oh, that wasn't loud enough. <laughs> yeah, Bam. obviously, since you're not listening, I'm gonna do it for the third time. So, uh, is there any only children here? Me and you were the only ones. I'm an only child. But yeah, you're an only child. Yeah, yeah. But you had so many imaginary friends, it doesn't really count. I mean, I still do. But... <laughs> I was lonely. I, I, have a, I had a half-brother and half-sister, but they were very in and out of my life. I mean, they were more like, oh, cool, she's here for the weekend, you know, and then she'd be gone. But So how many brothers and sisters? I have two brothers. One is 11 months older than me, so we are Irish twins. Oh, and Lord. then I have a younger brother who's 12 years younger than me. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's the oops. Same parents. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my dad's like that. He's the youngest of yeah. six, and he was an oopsie baby. So yeah. his older brother had a kid when my my dad and his uh, nephew are closer than my dad and his yeah. brothers were because they were like the same Like my age. uncle, my mom's brother was 16 when I was yeah. born. Yeah, so, so y'all have yeah. a little bit closer than your actual yeah. brothers. So yeah. it's weird now as adults, like he's literally not that much older than me. <laughs> so yep. I'm like... That's just weird, Uncle Jeff. Like, I always thought you were so much older, but you're actually not. 
I was just curious because I'm always wondering like that because I come from a traditional, my parents are still together to this day, so I didn't ever deal with a divorced parent. Now, my dad had been divorced before, and so I saw some of that, like, some again, child custody and crap like that. But I never, like, my parents today are still sitting on so the couch. It's super weird that, I mean, my parents divorced after 20, 25 or 21 years of marriage, something like that. Um I grew up in Miami, so when Hurricane Andrew hit, I lived there during that time. 89? Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, no, it was 92. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, 92, because I was a senior in high school that year. And it hit right before my senior year started. And um, Oh, so you had to do your senior year somewhere else? Oh, no, girl. Nope. They opened the school. We went to school. Not so you did the... People were mostly not there, but we did go to school. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but... Uh, my mom was, she shipped my brother and I up to Illinois where all our family was. And she was like, you're, you're going to start your senior year up there. And I was like, oh, hell no. I said, you can drop me off, but I ain't walking in. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know these people. I'm not starting my senior year mm-hmm. up here. And I said, if school's going to open down there, I need to come home. Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyway, that did a lot of trauma on a lot of people just oh, mentally. Yeah. And my dad just lost his shit and it was just a really bad, 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 bad year. Um, they ended up divorcing. My mom moved to Illinois with my younger brother. I ended up moving to Texas with my high school boyfriend. <laughs> Worst decision ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a sex addict. Anyway, um, <laughs> I made it work and I stayed here and eventually married my, uh, met my husband and married him. But... Um, I have not talked to my dad since probably like 25-ish, 23-ish. Damn. Wow. Um, He is still around. My aunt reached out to me on Facebook, who I also have no relationship with. Um, So it's just, it's super weird. But what's even weirder is my husband doesn't have a relationship with his father either. Um, He left his mother and had three boys with another woman. Of course, all those boys have been in jail. Thank God he wasn't one of them. You know, he actually grew up with his mom, who taught him right from wrong. But it was so interesting that the two of us ended up together, and yeah. of us have our fathers in our lives. So, and when my aunt reaches out to me, and she's like, oh, your father would love to know, I'm like, that's just, I don't even want to open that can of worms at this point. Like, I have had kids, I have been married, like, you weren't there for my wedding, and birth of my children, they've graduated, you weren't there for that, like, why? Why at this point? It's the thing you talked about earlier, mortality. Mm-hmm. My my mom's dad bolted, and then when he got older and he got cancer, he came back into the life. I never, uh, I never was connected to him, but like she forgave me, which I, I get. That's fine, but she even realizes later on. She's like, "Oh, he only did that because he was dying. Like he, you know, whether he was to make amends or was he thought he was trying to do good for God or whatever." Yeah, I just feel like it's a little too late. Yeah, it's like, too late. It's just too late. Too much has happened in my life and my family and. The rest of my family don't want to deal with that either, and I'm just like, I love them to death, and they're all, they've all been there for me, so why would I want to do that? I mean, part of me is like for peace of mind to say, mm-hmm. I gave it that yeah. shot, but then the other part of me is like, is it going to affect the other relationships I have in my life? Yes, and I don't want to affect those, so I just choose to not have any connection. Well, I'm adopted. And I got reached out to my birth mom, oh, yeah. like 18 and a half. In nine years, I was in their life. I found out that, I, I mean, I knew I had an older sister about two years older than me. 
But what I did know is I had two younger brothers. And it was, I, when I moved here in 06, I stayed with them for my birth mom and my two brothers for two weeks. And then I ended up living in a hotel because it didn't work well. And I, re- I haven't talked to him since. But the same thing was it caused too much stress with my mom. And um, she had so many insecurities. I It didn't even matter. I'm like, I just want to know who I was from. Like, right. I always just That's knew. That's not really fair to you, though. It, no, it's not. It's not. But... Not at all. But because I, I, nine years, I knew what it was like when I was, like, fighting to have them in my yeah. life. And then there was some um, static and some issues. And I was like, you know what? I'm good. Oh like, uh, I'm okay. And so I haven't been. But. You know, my mo- it's been over a year since my mom passed, and, and it's always been on my mind, even back then. Like, will I reach out after she passes? Because I did it because of that. And honestly, I'm like, so much time has passed. Um, it was dramatic before, and I'm good. I know, I know where I'm from. I love my family. I love my life, and I know that opening that up can open up more drama. And I'm like, I'm not really. I'm good. It's like, you know. And and that's just part of being an adult. Yeah. Knowing Mm -hmm. where your boundaries are. And is it worth jeopardizing the other ones you love? Mm -mm. It's just not. No. And I know. And and I did like 20 or I did Ancestry like a year ago. And I found out who my half brother was. And I reached out to him. And I was an affair child that no one knew about. And he ghosted me. So I'm like, that's fine. He doesn't want to know me. I don't care. Like, I, that would have been cool to know, like, my half-brother. But um, I'm not going to be offended. I was kind of, you know, a little disappointed, but I kind of expected this. Yeah. You know, out of the blue. And that's fine because his mom didn't know. But I'm, in the back of my head, I'm like, she knew. Like, when you're married to a cheater and they have certain behavioral issues. My dad's. You, you, you know whether you want to admit it or not, but I also didn't want to be that person who was like a sandstorm or whatever in their life. And I didn't want to do that. So I just kind of left at it too, as it is. And I'm, and I'm fine. It's not a, and then I'm not trying to, to appease anything or feel guilty. I boundaries. I know where I'm at. I'm at peace with things and that's it. So if I never speak to them again, I'm fine. It doesn't. Well, and I feel like my mom's been in my life, my whole life. Mm-hmm. And she means more to me than anything in the so world. Did he, so did he ghost her, too? Like, when they divorced, did he just stop talking to oh, her, yeah. too? And my younger brother, who was 13, 14 at the time, I guess. Yeah. Um, they moved to Illinois, and I think my brother went and visited my dad once. And that was that. He has never He just wanted dad. a new life and move on. I don't know. It's so bizarre to me. The whole thing is bizarre. How do you just write off your kids? Like, w- my brother and I been, were in his life till we were... You know, 19 and 20. So how do you just all of a sudden not want anything to do with these kids? You've literally grown up with your whole life. See, that's what, so my second wife, when we divorced, we separated Christmas of 2015 or in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. She, my daughter was six when she first met her. My daughter was pregnant on Christmas Day of that same time. She has not talked to my, my ex-wife has not talked to my daughter from that moment. The moment we separated, she literally told my daughter, don't ever call me again. I don't know how. That just makes me wonder, like, what everything you told me in the past, the feelings and stuff, like, obviously that wasn't true. If you're able to cut that quick, there's something. I don't get it. That, 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 to me, there's something almost 
psycho about that. It like, is. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it doesn't take five, especially today, just to text, hey, sorry me and your dad didn't work out, but I've known you since you're six. Let's, you know, let's at least stay in touch. Nope, don't call me. <laughs> I just, I, I don't get, in, in, for it to be an actual parent, I just don't get that. Especially one that's been there, like, literally your entire childhood and just decides, oh, I'm just done, like, done with everyone. I mean, three kids, boom, no contact whatsoever. My younger brother, like, barely knew him, you know, growing up because I think he was, like, hmm, seven or eight, I think, when they moved to Illinois, you know, and I lived with both my parents until I graduated high school. Yeah. So it was super weird. So now you were, you said something, um, I'm sorry, I didn't get your name. Kisma. Okay, you said something about your dad cheated? It, or was a cheater? Or was a <laughs> yes, cheater? Yes, it, it's, it's a long story. My parents were married, um, I think it was about 43, 44 years. Wow. So it was a long time. Um, uh, we just lost her in March. We took care of her, what, about three years? I'm going to say about three years. Um... I found out uh, she got di- had many strokes, got diagnosed with dementia, mm-hmm. and it progressed really, really fast from the strokes. Um, my dad, I found out about an affair he was having since before I was even born. Mm-hmm. He married my mom and never left this woman, this other woman. She was in Mexico the whole time, so he had a double life. I remember growing up when I was little, he'd leave for like months at a time. Yeah. He told us it was for work. Well, my mom believed him. It wasn't. It was to go be with his other family. Other family. Wow. I don't see how a guy so, can do that. After the yeah, day after, I mean, works works like work. Yeah, like yeah. work is your getaway from stress of relationships. So this, because my best friend's dad did the same thing. They yeah. found out he had a he had a whole separate family. Mm-hmm. He had two kids and all that. And I'm like, so he basically left yeah, one woman who's in his ear about shit to go live with another woman who probably was in his ear about shit. And I'm like, <laughs> how the hell did you like live that life and not kill yourself? But he did it for 25, 30 years. Wow. So, but at the day after we, I found out about the affair, he called us and said, I'm done with your mom. I don't want her. Come take her. He had kicked her out of the house in her 80s. Jesus. Wow. Um, she went to next door neighbors. Please put her there. And we found out he threw vases at her. He was kicking her out of the house in the cold with no shoes on. We were going over there. She was eating nothing but TV dinners. Uh, she couldn't bathe, go to the bathroom by herself. He was just neglecting her. So we ended up taking her, took care of her. He up and left, which left me in charge of all of her Medicaid, her Medicare, what facility we were going to put her in. I had to quit working. Jeez. Um, which we're used to being a two-income family. Yeah. I had to stay home and take care of her. He convinced me, like, dude, she has all of these medicines. She needs all this round-the-clock care. She would probably be better in a facility. I was telling him, no, this is my mom. I'm not going to do oh, it. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. Well, I finally was like, I have to do it. Because mm-hmm. here she is trying to get out of the house at 5 o'clock in the morning with her purse and her dog. I'm going shopping. And then she would forget who I was. Yeah. This was her best friend right here. Dementia is a really hard disease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it was mm-hmm. so hard. And I was like, I cannot do this on my own. And he tried his best, but he had to work. So she was in this facility. He went twice to visit her. Um, and then he married the other lady two months after my mother passed away. And how old is he? He is in his sixties. My mom. Was, oh, okay. So my mom had me in her forties. He was in his twenties. I gotcha. Oh gosh. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, which brings up a whole nother thing. Of That's, another <laughs> That's another episode. That's another episode. 
Yes, she was. Like, the things we don't think about, uh, me and mine are eight years apart. So we're barely coming into where health problems, things that come up, and that's a whole nother. That's a mm-hmm. whole other shit. Yeah, it is. And, like, I have three siblings, half. Esther, Mary, and Billy that I was telling you about. They, I lost all three of them to drug addiction. Oh. Um, they, my brother was 56. My two sisters are in their 60s. One of them has passed away. One, I'm just waiting to get the call when she's yeah. going to. Yeah. It's any time now. So. And these are the halves with the? My mother's first children. Oh, okay. Um, so it was, it, it's, it's like I talk to my dad, but rarely. I don't talk to him that much because there's not. I have learned, especially since being with this man here, he is he has taught me it's okay to set boundaries. It's okay mm-hmm. to love yourself. It's okay to say I'm proud of myself. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things that he has helped me with. And then I go to counseling. Um, but it's just I, I've also learned there's only things, certain things that God can forgive. Mm-hmm. You can't forgive everything. Mm-mm. And I think for me, this is the point to where I can't forgive my dad. I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's okay. Yeah. You know, but what you can do is forgive yourself for your any kind of guilt or uh-huh. whatever it might be. You can forgive yourself. And I think that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Because you can't control anybody else. Right. Doesn't matter how hard it is in our expectations that we set on other people when they don't meet up to them. That's our that, that's our own responsibility there because we set those expectations in the first place. But it's important to know people for who they really are their their actions and behaviors will show you mm-hmm. words for me personally um i look at the actions i look at behaviors words can be sugar-coated right um not necessarily the first thing you want to believe mm-hmm. at all especially when you're newly dating <laughs> mm-hmm. but i think it's awesome though that you know you're learning from your partner mm-hmm. that it is okay and sometimes we need to hear it especially as women um from the person that we love that it is okay for us to to let go. It is okay for us to forgive. It's okay for us to set these boundaries. Because for so long, as I believe that for our gender, that we're not really taught to set boundaries. We're taught to excuse yeah. other people's excuse behavior. behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. But never us having the power to be like, oh, yeah, that's not acceptable. And holding, they have to hold themselves accountable. Like, no, I'm putting this back on you. That's your drama, not mine. See you later. And I think it's, I think that's one thing that um, is really important in a partnership too, is that we both do it for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we get stuck on things or we have a hard time communicating or we have certain things that we challenge with. But when you find that right person, they help support you and elevate you in ways that you never knew. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also important to find in your partner as well. Definitely. I did go to his wedding, which was hard. I bet. To have to stand there and watch him <sighs> with this woman. I did it. My daughter wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And I did it also for myself because I'm learning to forgive myself. Mm-hmm. In the Mexican culture, someone gives the man and the woman away. So I walked my father up and my husband joined me. It was very hard. Very, very hard. But I'm glad I did it. So Maybe that's kind of that overlying cloud that's Mm -hmm. been there closure and that closure that's been there for so long that was allowing you to be like you know what whether would regardless of how you feel about it right because there's so many emotions involved it allowed you to be like you know what you go 
you do your thing. I'm good. Yeah. You know, um, be happy in your life mm-hmm. and so, I'm going to be happy in mine. So what do you, do you think your relationship paths would have changed if you'd have known all that earlier? Cause you found out a lot of this later in life. I think if I would have found it out earlier, it would have changed to an extent for me. Um, I think the way I found it out and the way I found out later in life is just, it's unforgivable for me. Yeah. I can't. It's been I gone can't. on for like, way I've too always long. Like, I knew that's... that they were in an unhappy marriage. Mm-hmm. I lived a very dysfunctional family. Even though they were married, it was still dysfunctional inside very the dysfunctional. house. I got you. I got very, you. very dysfunctional. Um, all my siblings were much older than me, so I was only always the only child at home. Um, I never got, I never told, or no one ever told me they were proud of me. I really didn't get the the hugs. I didn't get, my dad never came to anything at my school. Um, it was just very different. So that's where it comes in. I've never really told myself that I was proud of myself until mm-hmm. I met my husband. Um I was in law enforcement. I was told that's a man's job. You can't do it. I was a volunteer firefighter. I was told that was a man's job. You can't do it. Um, there's, I was um, worked as a jeweler. I was told that was a man's job. You can't do it. To where he tells me I can do anything I put my mind to. And mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. You know, um, but I did tell my dad that mom is gone now. You're doing your thing. I don't have my siblings to worry about. I'm going to do me now. I'm going to put me first and my family first. And that's hard to say. Yeah. And I've never stood up to him. Yeah. Like, so that, that's a big thing. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. And yeah. I think when we, you know, I've, I've got my, my suitcases all packed, you know, especially with my relationship with my dad. Cause he wasn't around a lot. Mm-hmm. He was here. I was, you know, States away. Um, a lot of things that I felt that I missed and didn't see. And I, I was always told, you know, the, the same role, women do this, blah, blah, blah. But I was always like, screw y'all. I'm going to do it anyways. Right. The bullheaded, always get myself in trouble type thing. But (laughs) 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 we can only imagine, but the the growth that you've had, the support Mm -hmm. that you have, the the transformation that you've had is is amazing. And it's really hard for so many. Mm -hmm. And some I've seen just don't get over that part of it. But I think also what also helps is that your partner, you have that right partner there that helps build you up, that supports you and goes both ways to be able to say, you know, and then for you even to see, like for your eyes to open, to see that anything's possible, that's like a priceless gift. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so awesome that you guys have been able to have that connection and have that. And I think that's really important, strong relationships and connections. Mm-hmm. Or else it will be this that dysfunctional part, and and I love that, especially us as women, that more of these conversations of boundaries and setting these things, especially post COVID, um, have been coming up, and, and maybe that's part of it because it's it's really been talked about, like the Me Too movement with the little pussy hats and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That only did so much, but there's this conversation I've seen online, and um, are you dating this? my guy like whatever on like dfw and i have a few different cities that i'm on from when i joined them over a year ago and seeing how people would just put all these women down 
So the other day I was seeing these women like, girl, you have a trauma bond. You need to get therapy. You need to work on you before you go anywhere else. As opposed to being like, you're crazy. There's something wrong with you or blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, hey, let's help you. And then they, they bring them up. It's more positive. It's like, hey, red flags. There's an issue here. Let's, you know, get help on these type of things. Other than this, you're doing great over on this side. It's the, this conversation, the past year has switched between women, which mostly of us, you know, we're always taught that we're the enemy of each other and we're supposed to be working together and helping each other. And, and I, I think that it's slow and how that conversation should have happened decades ago. But it's really interesting to see that now and how we're more um, focused as we're friends. Mm-hmm. We're not enemies. I'm not trying to get your man. Let me help you elevate you to be the best you can be. But also, too, not only for yourself, but in your relationship, it's more supportive. And I think that's awesome, too, to see that conversation change. Mm-hmm. And I was raised in a home. The woman does everything. Mm-hmm. The man works, comes home. Mm-hmm. Lays on the couch, doesn't do anything. Women Ugh. can't be in law enforcement. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? Women can't do this. Women can't work. Women can't do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I am the opposite. I'm going to mm-hmm. do whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. I can work wherever I want to work. I can mm-hmm. have whatever career I want to have. Mm-hmm. And I work in a behavioral unit right now with kids, and I don't know why. But no. Because <laughs> <laughs> you love it. You love helping them, regardless of I how, love it. It's how crazy love it. it can be on some of the yeah. stories you shared. It, it's, yes. you know, thank goodness you do love that job because you're, you're, mm-hmm. the impact that you leave on those kids. Oh, yeah. The world needs people like Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like for you're sure. making them, whether you see it or not, within that, that child's life, you are making a big impact because it's obvious when you get around people that don't care. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And they can sense it. Mm-hmm. They definitely sense it. Yeah. So it sounds like you're doing something you love. Well, and that's yeah. something we don't give teenagers enough credit for that we give ourselves credit for back when we were teenagers is insight of people. Kids read people really well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We forget oh, yeah, that. And, and that's the thing that I'm trying to do that my parents and the older generation, I'm trying not to forget all that. I'm trying to remember that. Everything that we're bitching at about kids, our parents are bitching at about us. It, it, everything goes in cycles <laughs> oh, yeah. on that stuff. Like I, my dad, me and my dad were just talking about that because we were talking. Because like I said, he's he's a great grandparent, so he's he's able to see like, and he just laugh. He goes, you know, I, you bitch about what Timber, that's my daughter's name, she couldn't do anything because I was thinking the same thing when you were fifteen and sixteen, <laughs> and you figured it out, and she figured it out, and maybe that's we got to remember that. We, we're going to run these kids down. Let them figure it out. That's mm-hmm. what we did, and we claim that that's our strength. Oh, our parents let us figure it out, but then we're not letting our the kids of today figure it out. We're trying to, mm-hmm. you've got to do this, you've got to learn this. No, let them figure out what they want to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's, agree. and it's like I was watching something. This was about 10 years ago. It was a show on MTV. And basically, the mom and the daughter were arguing like, because no, it was a real cool show. It was about a, it, this wasn't a reality show; it was a scripted show. And it was yeah. the, a girl had gotten uh, basically she had gotten kidnapped at birth, and she thought that her mom was her mom, and it wasn't. And then she got sent back to her real parents, and so having to learn to deal with that, mm-hmm. you know. But anyway, part of it was is the mom found out she was sleeping around, and she was like, "I don't want you to do what I did. I was like that in high school." And the girl said, "The ch- difference is, is you didn't feel you had the choice to do that. I'm wanting to do." that Mm -hmm. and that goes back to letting the kids set their own boundaries and we got to realize that their boundaries are different than our boundaries Mm -hmm. because our boundaries were different than my parents boundaries Mm -hmm. and your parents you know Mm -hmm. our parents basically still did the hey you might fool around but there was a good chance that when you got married y'all hadn't had sex yet or you might have had one or two partners 
dude, I ain't even going to pretend that my daughter only had one or two partners before she got married, but mm-hmm. it never bothered me because that was her, that's her, her scenario in her life. It's different than ours. My art teacher, I was a senior and she's like, okay, whatever you do, don't have one, don't marry a man and wait till marriage to have sex. She's like, you have no idea what oh, you're getting yourself I am 100% into. on that board. I agree. She's like, you need to yeah. test that out. Because yes, if you're yeah. not happy, don't do it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I'm at eight, like 17, 18 when she tells me this. I'm like, all right. <laughs> not so a took problem. Your, so it took your teacher to tell you. That's not your mother. Oh, no, no. I had started I already before when, that. When you said art teacher, I thought that was going to go in completely different direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me show you. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Speaking of, have y'all noticed how many now it's women teachers that are getting caught doing that? Yeah, and it's oh, not yes. men. And we have all this perception of. So I, when I went back to college, I wanted to coach and teach, and I went to a, an educational school, A&M Commerce. And the first thing they tell you, first day, is if you're a guy, you will not get an education degree under eighth grade because you will not be hired. Because there is still that perception yes. of a mm-hmm. 28-year-old male in a room of 12-year-old girls, he's only there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And yet now it's the women, it's women, and they're attractive women teachers too. But then the problem is, is there's that side of guys that go, well, what's the problem? What's wrong with that? He's getting pussy from a hot chick. And it's like, yeah, yeah. but you still have the ramifications and the, I, I think but I. it's s- hard. You think, well, how old are you when you graduate college? Literally, these teachers, they're like 24, 23, 24, 24. And then they go into teaching high schoolers, 17, 18 year olds who look like 23-year-olds. Yeah. They're not even 10 years older than me. I know, me. they're not. Oh, I, I, and, I and think that like, should oh be a role. oh my God, that shouldn't happen. She was, she took advantage of him. And I'm thinking, outside of school, they totally could date. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, they totally could. If he's 18 and she's 23. Right. I mean, it's totally possible. Yeah, but it's the power play. I it's always it, the power but, play. But I guarantee you that boy is not thinking, oh, she's taking advantage of me. I but I, but see, I think that's the problem, though. Please her. take advantage of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one coming under her but, and putting her in that weird position where she's like, but you're my student. Okay, so, but, but see, you're assuming that he's coming on to her. Mm-hmm. Because that's usually the way it is. I, my first time was with a 42-year-old woman. I was 16. I did not come on to her. And she came on to She you? came on to me. She was my neighbor. Started with the, I was mowing their yard and she'd come out in a bikini. Okay, I think my husband told me his first time was at 13 and it was with like, I don't know, 16 or 17 year old. And I was like, ew. Like, why? Oh no, she was attractive. Don't get me wrong. The physical side, there's no problems, but I can pinpoint issues in my relationship now because she did things certain ways that made me feel I was not in control. I was not in power. And, and so I, I would tap the brake on assuming that it's the guy that's hitting on the older teacher. The older teacher's hitting on the guys just as much. I mean, if he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I didn't say that. <laughs> oh, man, the teacher never hit on me. I mean, oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean have you seen Zach Efron? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like, he's like 30-something now, right? <laughs> That's the thing I always get to get used to is you watch these teenage shows or around teenage, and you think, man, it's weird that I find them attractive. And then you right? look them up, and they're like, oh, they're 33. Okay, that's fine, yeah. man. <laughs> So speaking of that, I actually wanted to ask this last time. As y'all have gotten older, has y'all's attraction altered? 
like age wise or like age wise well, well like like i you know when i was 20 an 18 year old was hot i will admit now because i have a 30 year old daughter and i have a you know a seven year old granddaughter that an 18 year old in a bikini does nothing I, i'm not gonna say she's not attractive but it's not like before where it's like oh yeah i'd hit that no now it's like wait what, what, what how much do you make what's your no, credit score mine's like oh he looks good but he is so young <laughs> like, like, I have, like same thing so, yeah, so. I could be his mother like that's just weird right but I mean they still look good I mean <laughs> I don't know what to say what's funny is my daughter opened up this question the other day like we're really open we're very open we communicate <clears throat> when we're home phones up we hold real conversations yeah. um, and she asked us because we've gone down the road of we're eight years difference like how disgusting when I was younger but now, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Does that mean he's eight matter. years younger? But he's eight years older than me. Oh. Older so. <laughs> <laughs> so then she was like, so, mom, as you get older, are you attracted to older guys? And I was like, that's, yeah, that's kind no, of what I mean. I'm not. She's like, but dad's older. And I was like, well, he's my husband. Like, I, my attraction has grown, but. He's had to put effort into keeping my attraction. Like, we need to do little things. We need to be playful. We need yeah. to change sex up every now and then. And in those things my change that. My kids don't want to hear that. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can leave that part yeah. in there. We didn't talk about that. <laughs> but for her, in her mind, it was just, okay, well, since you're getting older, our older guys more attractive? Like, I could look at another, like, man his age and probably be like, dang, he looks like he's lived a few years. But, you know, it, that... <laughs> That, I think, we kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, was there are different things that we find attractive at different ages. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that kind of grows differently as we grow in what we define as attractive and mm -hmm. what attracts us. For me, now, being attractive is somebody I can just be in the same room with and not want to kill them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. super hot to me if I'm like, hey, I want to hang out with you again the next day. Because I, mean, yes. I, I did that. So I, I got married early and then divorced and then got married again. And then we were together for 15 years. And then 2015, I got into the Tinder world. And that's, man, I learned some hard truths at 40. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But again, don't date six foot two women they might come back into your house but but the other one was is that the older women and this isn't a bad thing but i cannot tell you how many women i met who had came off their first marriage was a terrible marriage it was terrible in sex and as soon as i heard that it was like hey, i know where i'm going tonight <laughs> what time would you like me to be on because that i mean but it was cool because the women were cool with it there was no embarrassment there was no shame they they embraced it and and they accepted it mm -hmm. and are these the women that got married after they got married i mean had sex after they got yeah married? a lot of them were they were like, they were 25 year marriages and that was their first yeah. or their second and usually for a women if it's their second that's gonna be just as bad as the first because it's usually all within the same 16 to 18 year old age you know everybody's fumbling around mm -hmm. and man it would be so different like you know it, it, as a guy if you're ever single you don't even have to put in effort go five minutes and they're like that's the longest i've had in 30 years yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like good you just set that bar really low for me <laughs> but no i mean it, i i appreciate the women in their 40s because those that y'all been through the wars and y'all come out like completely independent Mm -hmm. Like, that's one of the things that me and you, you were independent. Like, I like that. Mm -hmm. I don't like the traditional, like the, our friend that she's the, acts like she's independent. And then it's she, not. she wants everything done for her. And mm -hmm. if, you know, if it's not done for her, then you're a bad person and mm -hmm. things like that. And I don't want that. Mm -mm. I, I grew up with a strong mom. My mom has worked in the same job since 1982. 
my dad bounced around jobs. He always worked. He just did different things. My mom rules the house, and my dad's very cool about that. And that's how I am. You know, I'm very low key. Mm-hmm. World can be burning. I'm like, we'll get some water eventually. I'm not yeah. gonna stress about it. <laughs> that's my dad. My mom's the exact opposite. And so she's but, like, everything's burning. Everything's on the fire. burning. <laughs> <laughs> but I. So it's weird to me to hear like women not be able to express how they were and how they wanted to be and the boundaries because my mom was setting my boundaries for me with women like you don't do this you do do this you mm-hmm. know and i appreciate that well even that's, that's oh. another really interesting thing is when you're like talk about how your mom was setting boundaries and this is what you should do blah blah watching my daughter's date is super interesting to me because you think like how are these young boys how are they being raised you have the some boys that will literally honk their horn and expect you to come out. Yeah. And you'll have some that will come to the door mm-hmm. and meet the parents. And um, my daughter, my oldest daughter, like she had a two-year relationship with a guy in high school. And his parents raised him so incredibly good. Like, I was like, do these boys still exist? <laughs> because right? these this day and age, like, I feel like most parents are both working they're not like enforcing certain things. Like mm-hmm. you meet so many punk kids, like mm-hmm. it's crazy, and how there's no risk. They're very disrespectful. And yeah, all this stuff, and like he opens the door for her. He would meet the parents. We would sit down for dinner, and he wouldn't touch his food till everyone was sitting. I'm like, <gasps> like my kids are already eating. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> put down the fork. <laughs> and I'm just like that. And I, I tell his mom, I'm like, man, you raised a good boy. Like this, mm-hmm. he's amazing. And then um, my other daughter, then she dates another guy, and and he was a sweet young man, but he wasn't like the same. But he also was raised in a very different environment. Yeah. You know, with the mom that was uh, was remarried, was in a you know an abusive relationship, and then he had step siblings. Everything was just so much different. So he wasn't like he loved her and he was very attentive to her. And but I mean, she pretty much. I mean, she's kind of bossy anyway. But she would tell him like exactly what he needed to do and when he needed to do it, and he did it. Oh which, wow! Like blew my mind. See, it's weird. The first guy. <laughs> It, the first guy, I would, I would have so many red flags. Like, you're really? a little Really? The one too... that's so perfect? Because I'm a guy, and I, that was the game you played right. when but you were younger. his parents were so perfect. And I think they that's raised still him. That's the game. It's... But they raised him in that environment. No, I agree. He, he might be. He and... might be. I'm just saying. I just, yeah, I, I want the flaw. I, if I yeah. see a person with flaws, I trust them more because mm-hmm. they're showing their yeah. flaws. Yeah. And, 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 I mean, I don't mean flaws like, hey, they're, they're second yeah. secret life. But, like, mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah, he might oh, not be there. I'm not going to say he didn't have his flaws. Yeah. Like, he had his, and, and I saw some of his flaws. Like, say, we're talking Valentine's Day, right? So, Valentine's Day comes around. Hopefully, she doesn't hate me for giving the story. But mm-hmm. Valentine's Day comes around, and my daughter is a super picky eater. Like, super picky. Like, I have to make sure... There is something on the menu she's going to like before we go to that restaurant. Oh, wow. Because it's like, if they don't have, like, chicken tenders or chicken sandwich or whatever, she's not going to I was going to say chicken okay. nuggies. Yeah. So, so she's like, you know, of course his mom is like, oh, he hasn't made reservations yet, and I'm telling him he needs to do this. And so he finally makes reservations, and I said, oh, so where are y'all going? Because I know my daughter so well. She tells me the restaurant. I look up the menu. And because it's Valentine's Day... You don't get to pick off the menu. Mm-mm. It was an Italian restaurant, but it was a set meal. Oh, set Valentine's meal. Yes. And I said, um, <clears throat> you might want to pull it up and look at the menu because I don't think you're going to eat. And that's going to be super awkward. Like, she's he's going to take her to this nice restaurant, yeah. and she's going to sit there and go, like, I can't eat this. Like, she won't eat this. She's that picky. 
And so I said, look at the menu. And she was like, oh. And so she said something to him. And he was so upset. And he stormed out there that night. And it just, like, his anxiety just, like, took over. And he was just so upset. I was like, why did he leave? And she's like, because he, like, put all this effort in. He planned this date. And I was like, but he he knows you're picky. So if he knows this, like, look at the menu. Or even say, hey, I want to take you here. What do you think? Yeah. And he didn't. And it. You know, but it would have been even more awkward, I think, if they went to the restaurant. She didn't eat anything. No, I agree. But more, <laughs> yeah, and then it, where they need to learn that in a relationship too, okay. like us as parents, if we're always like coaching them and telling them, like it right. doesn't allow them that true like connection to try to figure out. Right. See, that's so all that what y'all are saying is weird. I love my parents, and I consider me and my parents close. I have never talked to my parents about a relationship. I have never bounced off well, my parents' ideas. I never did any of that. And I'm not saying that was and right or wrong, sex, but... Like, everything. Like, we've always been very... Never. Well, sex is off the table. I don't want to hear it. Listen, you do want... No, you do want to hear it, because if you don't, that's when things go wrong. Yeah. And I feel like the parents that are more open with their children about those things, mm-hmm. the more safer their kids are going to be. I feel like when it comes to right or wrong, what's overstepping, what's dangerous, what's not dangerous, I feel like those things we we can be very open about. But what you like, what you don't. Oh, like, I see. You mean, yeah, I see. Yeah. No, 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 no. We don't <laughs> go into detail. I've heard but... parents that are very they talk to their kids like they're friends. Oh no, no, no. I don't approve mm-hmm. of that. Like we're not friends. We're not going to talk about your sex life openly. But as your mother, I'm going to teach you. What it, at what point you start to feel dangerous? At, at what point you know if if you need to get out of something? Yes, like those that are the is conversations where I want yeah. you to have to have yeah. about. Because at any point, like our biggest thing is, if you ever feel uncomfortable, if you ever feel scared, you can call me and say, "Mom, don't ask me no questions. I don't want you." Yeah, to that, talk I've, to I've me. always said that with my daughter. No I've always said that with my daughter. I need you to pick me up right now, and that goes for sex, drugs, mm-hmm. everything, alcohol, and yeah. right. So, like, there's an overview of mm-hmm. you know sex, but I mean, like the little tiny. No, no, no. Things, I don't like, want the no, details. Like, I don't, don't want to know the positions and <laughs> yeah. all that. Like. I don't want to know any of that. I was kind of like, hey, when you decide to do this, like, you need to let me know because we want to get you on the right stuff because you ain't having no babies at 18. Yeah. Like, you need to grow up, get your degree. Mm -hmm. Or STDs, even more so. Like growing up as, you know, a a teen mom, (laughs) it's my fears are, I, I don't want you to be with somebody that is having multiple partners and then you get something and... And then you're stuck with that, you know, trying to process that. There's so much more than just having a baby that is, I, I because she doesn't know, because she hasn't experienced it, um, like I can speak from experience, but there are things that I just want her to kind of use her thought process on. So you were a teen mom? Yeah. How old? I was 15 when I got pregnant. How old were, how old were all the moms when y'all got pregnant? I was 28. 28. 26. 26. Oh, so, so I, I was nine, 18, 19, okay. basically. Yeah. I was in, we were from the same town. We went to college. We didn't want to be there. We eloped. Yeah. Like I said, we got pregnant. Yeah. I, I, at the time, I hated it. Now I'm so glad I was a teen dad because I feel yeah. like I can relate. I, like, I, I feel like I can relate to my daughter with stuff. When she was growing up, when she would say things, I could be like, I know what you mean. Now I hear yeah. a kid and it's like, what what language did you just speak? Yeah. I, I have no clue <laughs> what you're true. saying. I, I raised two boys on my own. And um, let me tell you, and I had a really young. And I was really open with them yeah. about sex. I'm yeah. like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. This is what happens. I don't 
don't care what you do. This yeah. is what's going to happen. Don't get a girl pregnant. Yeah, yeah. I said, taste a little bit, and that's it. You're done yeah. for the rest of your life. And I guess why? Yeah. One of them became, well, not became. One of them's gay, the other one's, you know. Uh, Married, and, and well, both of them are married. Yeah, they're both, but, so they're both married. Though. They are amazing. So amazing. But like, I was so open with them about sex, and I always used to tell them, like, I don't care if you're gay or not gays, but it goes both ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. sex is sex. Yeah, be careful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was really open because my mother never. Yep. Yeah, never. Said oh, so embarrassed. Yeah. Even to this day. Yes. If I would talk or mention something about sex. <gasps> Oh, I got my, pregnant on the first time. My my baby yeah. mama, she was uh, 13 years old, got her period, had no clue what it was. She Ooh. thought she literally was dying. <laughs> they call she goes, she's in school, and the teacher's like, it's your period. She, what is that? But now yeah. they have period parties. <laughs> they should. I know, no, they so are. Weird. Well, it's weird to us, but you know what I'm going to say, though? I remember being a teenager. I got 12. so embarrassed. And I would have, yeah, but like I, I was going and buying tampons, like so terrified up until like maybe my thirties, I was always terrified to buy tampons in public. Like, Oh my God, everyone knows I'm ragging and I'm a bitch. So maybe they'll stay no, away. The best thing was, was when I saw my husband, yeah. you know, <laughs> back in our early twenties and I'm like, you need to get me some tampons. I never had yeah. a problem doing that. You I was fine either. with it. Yeah. Just yeah. Throw, I don't give a shit. But you know what, though, having the celebrations, though, it tells women it's okay. Like, this yeah. is a, a yeah. big yeah. part of your life that changes you, right? Do you want a bottle of alcohol to go with that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know you're 12, but. I used to, I would embarrass her, though, and I'd be like, on the next time, hey, do you want these real big ones? Yeah. Like, the big absorbent, or do you want the panties? And she'd be like, just, just stop. Yeah. Just don't buy them for me anymore. Yeah. I, I tell you, the person that would be afraid of is the dad when the mom goes, hey, we're going to have a period party this weekend. Uh, no, we're not. I'm like, <laughs> He's like, I'm going to go with the guys later. My the daughter. The part is when I got my period. My mother told my father, and he's like, I walked out of the room, and he said, so, I hear you became a woman today. (laughs) I have never been so embarrassed in my entire life. After that moment, I looked at my mother like, are you serious? Like, that, why did he even say that? That is the most awful thing. I didn't even know how to say a period in Spanish, because my parents didn't speak English. Wow. Mom, I got the the point. The point. <laughs> I got that dot thing, you know. Like a little cousin, you know. And I'm like, well, that thing, and I'm like, and I didn't know what to do. And then I kind of explained to her, and she's like, oh, me, hi, and she said in front of my dad, and I was like, dying. So apparently, my stepdad for my mom, his term was, oh, I hear you're leaking oil now. Uh, <laughs> and that's all my mom heard through her whole teenage was, you're leaking oil. Oh, God. <laughs> Not that yes. Aunt Flo was in town. Oh, Aunt Flo. <laughs> or you're riding the Crimson so Wave. I, I will admit, I legitimately thought for years that I had an Aunt Flo, because my mom would say that. <laughs> And I was just like, I, I'm not kidding. I was like 14, and I was like, so why doesn't Aunt Flo ever come to, like, the holidays? Christmas? Yeah, Christmas and yeah. stuff. And my mom was like, are you shitting me? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> every she month might, for, every month for 14 her, years? But she might be here for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember there was one weekend my daughter and my ex synced up. I was like, I'm going to leave for the weekend. I will see y'all. Here's some, t- here's some napkins. Here's some wine. Here's some pizza. I'm going to go fishing. Yeah. Yeah. It's me and two girls, so oh. he has always been poor man out, you know, just... I've actually never had a female that had, like, the 
terrible period. Like they just, you know, oh, might have a headache, might not feel. Have. They've been quite grumpy at times, so. But I never like I grew up. I mean, this is like t- way too much TMI, but <laughs> the cramping I think is what makes you. Yeah, so bitch. Oh, yeah, one hundred percent. And yeah. I never had that. I'm one of the lucky ones, and yeah, so. You are. I just, I know the girls that do, it's, it's like, it's really bad. It's very painful and, you know, and I think my girls might get some of that, but mm-hmm. I never had it. I was like, well, before you, Mom, I love you. <laughs> I don't think she ever did either. So it's like, this is genetic. Like, before I'm, I'm <laughs> I had my son, I literally was walking like keeled over, like total. Yeah, people will be in it's awful pain. But what drove me nuts is that. It spiked my hormones have such a control over my body that for like one day it would just spike and everything was like wrong and I would flip out. I would yell at someone or I would like yell at my ex or totally like have a melt like emotional meltdown. And then my period would start the next day. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> that's me. I'm like, why am I crying? Because of blah, 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 blah. like I don't cry at commercials. I think romance is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> And I'd be like, oh, and town. Yeah. <laughs> Guys should have PTSD classes for that kind of crap, man. <laughs> she came out of nowhere, man. <laughs> I lost three friends that day. <laughs> have the cigarette down where it's burning. We don't even feel it. Oh, my God. No, every time my uh, stepdaughter comes to visit... Her, my daughter, and I, we all sync up. He stays in the room. Crazy, it's a real thing. (laughs) All three of us, every single time she Mm -hmm. comes to visit. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter when it is. Somehow it always happens. Mm -mm. No, Pepe's like, bye. (laughs) I'm going to go. I have a friend I'm going to hang out with. What do you mean you have plans? I mean, I told you we have plans, (laughs) but you guys have a great girl's day. Go to the spa or something. I got to admit, it's kind of fun to watch because the women will hate each other. At the beginning, and then by the end, yeah. they're crying, but then they also hate each other. It's like a, it's yeah, like watching it's a daytime soap. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's something to think about for men, too. Don't try to plan nothing sexy or anything when a girl's on her period, please. Uh, oh, just when you think you get it down? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's not this week? <laughs> oh, no. So, so I, I will say. You gotta wait a week, man. I, I, I will say this. The yeah, difference when I was 20. I'm going to the mountains. <laughs> That, that's why. Like, see, see, that's why all guys have a zombie plan because it's just the period plan, just with zombies. <laughs> but I will say this: in my twenties, hey, you're on your period. I don't care. Now I'm like, uh, two weeks. Wait, just, just gonna, give me two weeks. I don't want to fuck up my sheets. Exactly. I'm wash this. I Shower before sex. I don't want to shower after sex. Time. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up now. I think that's a good way yeah, to end it. 